I've been thinking a lot about It's Raining Men again. Oh, have you? Yeah, I mean, well, look, mostly just because, like, I don't know if you you know this, but uh, a, a man got murdered on Sunday. I, I do know this. It's just, like, burned to death and shit, and, you know, look, because of that, I, I've been listening to, to hot stuff because of that funny bit that I did for the Patreon episode, which you can find over at Patreon.cool. It's not just cool, it's give us money. Always be plugging. Gotta, gotta always be plugging. We're like Rhythm Bastard. <laughs> I've just, like I said, I've just, I've been listening a lot to hot stuff because we watched that man get murdered on Sunday in, in the WWE ring, and yes. fucking... Listen to that fucking song and thinking about, like, you know, the the story that you fucking told me about. It's Raining Men about how, you know, Paul Schaefer wrote it for Donna Summer and got a Bible in fucking, uh, in response to it. Like, yep. what is with these fucking, like, weird Christians that, like, between her and Prince, what are what is with these fucking people that are icons in the community that also are kind of reluctant icons of the community and then also, like... They, they're they super religious, but all their songs are, like, about fucking sex. Because, like, I don't know if you've heard Hot Stuff recently, but, like, that song is basically just Donna Summer asking for someone to come in her pussy. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. She needs some hot love! What the fuck do you think that means? I mean, hell, like, fucking, she did Love to Love You Baby, and that has persistently had the rumor that she recorded herself having a real orgasm in the studio. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with people, is my is my point. Why you gotta be so weird and religious? In Donna Summer's defense, she became weird and religious afterwards and disavowed basically all her old stuff. Was that before or after she sent Paul Schaefer the Bible? That was before. Like, she had just become... Like, apparently, she had, like, become religious, like, a year before Paul Schaefer had sent her its reigning men. Damn. She could have been on the ground floor or something good. Was her thing drugs too, like Prince's uh, Black Album incident? I have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised. Ah, okay, I'm looking at it now, because I was just curious. Yeah, I'm curious too. Uh, yeah, Donna Summer... Donna, Donna Summer, um... A lot of her weird anti-gay stuff was AIDS-related. Boy, the 80s sure was a great time for everybody, huh? Hey, she did perform at Ronald Reagan's inauguration gala. Damn, it all comes full circle. Here, just just give me a we, we should probably do this show, but just give me a sec. I'm going to go snort some cocaine and see if I can find some Jesus. Sherry, hi. You know, good motherfucker. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. And you're lucky I didn't break your back and have to come straight you. Rich is back. Rich humble. Besides that, everything was great. Great, 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 great. Welcome to the main stage of ruthless aggression! ProWrestling.cool's podcast covering drag race and the wide world of drag culture outside RuPaul's purview. Heck of a show for you this evening, and let us not waste any more time. I'm your host, John Garrick, Maxwell, joined, as always, by the Marcel Visage of the podcast, it's Oscar Bernard! Tell that Kenny Omega he can come and clean my pipes anytime. <laughs> One day we're gonna have an actual follow-up for this bit of just us doing the bad RuPaul intro that's not just us then 
being stunned in silence at the horrible things we've done. <laughs> but today is you not know, that day. You know, I'd say maybe Drag Race might be a better show if RuPaul was stunned in silence at the horrible things he's done. I mean, yeah, it would be. Look, hey, all things would be better if, uh, you know, whoever RuPaul accidentally slapped that one time was able to actually sue control out of, for the show out of <laughs> from RuPaul. <laughs> what was that, H. O'Hara? Yeah, I think it was H. O'Hara. Yeah, H. O'Hara's Drag Race. Let's go, baby. Probably be a better show, all things considered. Yeah, probably. Oscar. Yeah. It's been six months since the last time we've done one of these shows. Yeah, they've had All-Stars. They've had Canada's Drag Race. They've had COVID. Hey, COVID was happening before we did this as well, let's be fair. I mean, yeah, but they didn't also decide to do a season in the middle of it. Except for now, when they have. I do want to say... That Candace Drag Race was kind of good. Yeah, I heard that it was good. Did, how did, like, considering that I didn't really watch any of it, and, like, the last time we talked about it, like, I don't, I kind of remember what you were saying, and and that it seemed like it was going in this direction. How did it go with Brooklyn Heights becoming that show's RuPaul? Um, I feel like, so, this show, and maybe this kind of goes into the, very weird level of control that RuPaul wants to have over RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, None of them got to be the next RuPaul. Weird! It's almost like it's by design! Yeah, like, basically, all three of the judges, Brooklyn Heights, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, and Stacey McKenzie, um, it feels like It feels like they were all alternating being the RuPaul that week. And it, like, it's sort of, it sort of just kind of de facto became Brooklyn Heights because Brooklyn Heights was the best at it. Mm -hmm. But also, what's also kind of interesting, RuPaul, even though RuPaul very clearly did not want to go to Canada to be any part of this. He, but he, he sent Michelle Visage over instead for a couple episodes. RuPaul's still all over this show. Like, RuPaul doing the voiceovers. Every episode is a video package that RuPaul has introduced. Hmm. Like, they do not want you to forget that. No, this is fucking RuPaul's Drag Race. The more things change, the more things stay the same. And even though this is not, like, RuPaul's name isn't even on the fucking show, they're still letting you know front and center, this is RuPaul's fucking show and no one is gonna be above Mama Ru, damn it. Uh, I will also say, some of the lip sync choices, like, very clearly they were trying to do all Canadian lip sync songs. Oh, yeah, of course. Much music, baby, let's go. Uh, I, I gotta say, you wanna know? Inspired fucking lip sync song. That's good. I could see that being like, a really good lip sync for your life. Yeah, like, that is a fucking inspired pick. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, 
also, what I'm less into, though, Oscar, is is your your talking about this show and making it sound like once again that yeah, no, maybe I was completely right when I said that RuPaul was the fucking fabulous moolah of of drag, except without the alleged rape. Yeah, no, that's just that's just contestants on the show. Oh. <laughs> I mean, hey, ideally, no one in season no 13. No good motherfucker. Gonna... <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Like, Michelle Visage, when she was a guest judge, very much was having fun in it. You know, Michelle Visage, you know, fucking Michelle Visage rules. She knows exactly, like, what she's there for. And hey, she's a, she's just getting to take a vacation up to Toronto. Cool, let's go. I also got to say, as far as guest judges are concerned, uh, Tom Green, maybe his entire calling in life was to be a drag race judge. Really? That man was having the time of his fucking life there. Really? Yeah. That I'm genuinely surprised, but also... Like, I'm really happy to hear that. Tom Green Tom Green has spent basically the last 20 years, re, you know, redeeming him or making people re, making people go, nah, Tom Green is cool. Fuck all. Fuck, fuck the haters. Well, yeah, of course he has been. Because fucking, let's just be honest here. What happened 19 years ago? He makes the greatest film of all time. Yeah, Freddy Got Fingered. Let's go. You know, I, I'm proud to be part of the generation that has reevaluated Freddy Got Fingered as the masterpiece that it is. Freddy Got Fingered is a masterpiece coming soon to Casual Friday. Hey, I wanted to do that for fucking Takes Bakery, you know, and didn't want to do it. Yeah, I'm aware. And the reason I know he didn't want to do it because he was like, yeah, do you want to take this one? I was like... Freddy Got Fingered is a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Again, um, Owen knew that he wouldn't win, so he didn't want to do it. <laughs> uh, dra- uh, drag Race All-Stars was less good. Also Drag Race. They, d- you, they knew they wouldn't win, so they didn't want to do it. Uh, did you watch any of All-Stars this year? Fuck no. So... I was very into All-Stars, and my love of All-Stars was dashed to the first episode when my favorite queen was sent home. Yeah, no, we we talked about it, because remember, uh, our last episode was like, th- maybe like three episodes into uh, to the, the All-Stars 5? Oh uh, yeah, it was. So we had already covered Derek Barry going home and you being really upset, but also feeling that Derek Barry absolutely deserved to go home. Yeah, Derek Barry did deserve to go home, but also, fuck India Farah. Fair. But also, um, Derek, I get it, you want to show that you have like range and versatility, two, one, two punch. just fucking play Britney, that's what we all wanted to see you do! It was the one-two punch, it was the one-two punch of Derek Barry going home, then Angina going home. But also the fact that two fucking queens in All-Stars 5 self-eliminated. Ugh. Like worst shit. Like, it was a good moment when Ben de la Creme did it. Hot take, it was a sucky moment when Ben de la Creme did it. Sorry, let me rephrase this then. 
It was a surprising moment when Ben de la Creme did it. Better. Um, yeah, and then it was just kind of really clear from, it was really clear from basically the second episode that, okay, yeah, Shea Coulee's winning, and hey, Shea Coulee won. Weird, who could have seen this coming? You know, I was kind of into Blair St. Clair because Blair St. Clair came back doing some weird, like, Debbie Harry 80s inspired drag, and I was like, I fuck with this. Yeah. Blair St. Clair's cool as shit. Yeah, I do remember you you saying that that Blair St. Clair like came back and like it actually seemed like Blair St. Clair like really like grown and developed her style and was like doing some really interesting stuff. And it's like, you know, hey, considering that like the last time we saw Blair St. Clair was literally her fucking like having a breakdown on stage, like fucking being forced to admit to like being fucking sexually assaulted. Yeah. To have to, you know, to have to explain why she's so like about like cute shit. Yeah. Man, RuPaul's got some really totally not, like, disturbing or fucked up or, like, emotionally traumatizing and cruel moments that when you think about it. Yeah. God. Uh, Some of the lip sync assassins were cool to see as well. Yeah. You know, like, again... Hey, it was cool to see Evie Oddly come back. It was cool to see Eliza Edwards. It was cool to see Vanjie come back, because Vanjie's cool. Yeah, Vanjie's great. I'd rather see Vanjie than Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Again, who was a worse depiction of Rosie O'Donnell? Vanjie or uh, Raw? As I have said, Vanjie was the worse rosie o'donnell because she was not rosie o'donnell at all she wasn't even trying to be rosie o'donnell she was a complete and utter failure as a rosie o'donnell but i'd much rather watch vanjie do literally anything than the fucking rosie o'donnell impersonator they had on raw yeah fair but yeah so yeah drag race all stars was a fucking season of all stars which means it's a bad show somehow you know Hey, I'm gonna throw it out there. And it's not like it's not like Drag Race is a good show. Just All Stars is a worse show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's there's no argument here. Like Drag Race is a is a terrible show, especially now that like we have seen all of the fucking tricks and know all of the shit that's going to happen. Like it's going to be real fun watching it with it with my partner who is I'm sure very much now in the like fully broken after season 12 into the mindset of oh this show sucks and is terrible but we're gonna watch it because it's trash yeah like so no you're sorry saying, go ahead no you're saying like I've actually been in my quarantine getting really into watching old seasons of top model and one, holy shit, America's Next Top Model is a fucking glorious trash. And it's kind of very clear that, oh yeah, like those first few seasons of Drag Race, they were try- they were absolutely making fun of Top Model. Oh yeah, like it was just a complete and utter like take, take off on Top Model to the point that, I mean, fucking say Tina Rice. Yep. They got you know, one of the worst parts of Top Model. He was on. He was on Project Runway. 
Whatever. They're Project the Runway. They're the same Project. fucking. Sh- I'm gonna be honest. I've never, I've never seen like really spent a lot of time watching either show because they're the same fucking show to me. I love Project Runway. He's he fucking sucked on Project Runway. He fucking sucked on Drag Race. He sure did. Uh, I will also say though, because he was constantly trying to put himself over. Yep. Project Runway is a far more... Project Runway, you could at least make the uh, argument that... No, Project Runway is a, show about fa- is a show about fashion designers. The competition is the primary part of the show. Uh, after a few cycles of America's Next Top Model, it very much became clear of... No, this show is the fucking Tyra show. And the modeling challenge is secondary. But I feel, anyway, this is all a very long-winded point to say everything that Drag Race made fun of Top Model for doing, Drag Race now just does. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think, if we're really going to break it down here, like, Drag Race, I'm going to say Drag Race never stood a chance because, like, part of the thing that they were making fun of with the show is the fucking cult of personality surrounding Tyra Banks and how it's the Tyra Banks show. But yeah. RuPaul is nothing but a cult of personality. So it works. So that's the thing is it worked because it was like a fucking good way to send it up and be ridiculous about it. But then it just became the thing they were making fun of. Yep. Because it, it never could be anything else because RuPaul wasn't pay, playing a character. RuPaul was just being that because that's who RuPaul is. You know, I'll also just say, no moment on no moment on Drag Race I think can ever be as good as the episode of Top Model that was all centered around promoting Tyra Banks's YA novel Model Land, <laughs> a book that I have fucking read. How is it? How do you feel, Jay? Imagine if J.K. Rowling didn't write Harry Potter. Instead, Tyra Banks wrote Harry Potter. But also, Harry Potter is just a big self-insert fanfic of Harry Potter starring Tyra Banks. Is it wildly transphobic? No, so it's better than Harry Potter. Do they have weird feelings about Jews? Uh, not that I picked up on. Yeah, okay, this sounds good. I'd, I'd read this. Yeah, it's like... It sounds a lot better than the shit we read about Ready Player Two. You know, it's shit like the whole, you know, the modeling school smells like strawberries because Tyra Banks loves the smell of strawberries. Yeah, okay, I mean, look, this this sounds like... look. You're not going to tell me that this is any worse than, or any worse than Dune, is all I'm saying. And in that fucking Top Model episode, you know... The strawberry spice must flow. You know, like, she doesn't even hide the fact, you know, because she just does a cutaway and she's like, Yeah, so this character was strongly based on me. Weird. I can't, I can't believe that, Tyra. The point is, I think we're spending, you know, I feel like maybe now we're spending way too much time talking about a worse but arguably better show 
I mean, look, we're breaking the rule of if you're making a bad show or movie, don't reference a better show or movie in it because then people are just going to be like, oh, man, why aren't I watching that? I'm, I'm genuinely unsure which one I would consider a better show. They're both 100% my trash. So let's talk about our trash then, Oscar. Let's take out our trash because the whole reason that we're back here is in like a week from now, there's going to be brand new trash for us to slop up into Hell our yeah. big piggy mounds. Yeah, uh, Drag Race Season 13 premieres on New Year's Day. It's early this time. Yeah. Shit, it is early this time. Yeah, like, doesn't Drag Race usually come back, like, February? March? Yeah, because I know the Drag Race premiered before lockdown this year, because I was still working with, uh, and we were talking about it, and, you know, lockdown happened during that season. Yeah. So, yeah, like, shit, if it premiered in January, lockdown wouldn't have been happening yet. Yeah, I think part of the reason why that they're like, well, if things are going to be opening up, I think it had to be February because I want to say that like the locked like the the third episode of Drag Race was like the last one that the uh, that my local drag group uh, did their did their Greenpoint stuff at with four. So I'm looking up. It premiered February 28th. Yeah, there we go. So it is like two months early. Yeah, shit. So maybe VH1's just desperate for content. Or actually, I have to imagine that they're desperate for content because I don't know if you heard, but they're doing something fucking crazy with this premiere. What are they doing with the premiere? They are simulcasting it on VH1, MTV, all the CW networks, and I think something else at the same time. Ha. Huh. Now, is that just a case of Drag Race has become so fucking mainstream now that it's just like, yeah, we can afford to put it on the real, on like all our networks and it will be a massive ratings juggernaut? Probably. I don't know. I, I feel like it's probably one of those things where it's like, it is so mainstream now that I think they're trying, like, it, it's a very mainstream thing in its, in its niche. But, like, I think they're trying to to see, you know, since they don't really have a lot of other content and because it's a fucking Friday night, why not? Like, I feel like they're trying to test, they're trying to test the boundaries of see, like, maybe how far we can push this thing. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, like, you know, I think about the fact that, like, you know, remember, we like, we talked, we, you know, it's hard to remember when we talked about it fucking six months ago. But as we talked about on Ruthless Aggression 2, Oscar, um, remember... Uh, at least here in America, All-Stars was supposed to be on Showtime. Right. Like, that was going to be a premium, that was going to be premium cable. Like, you had to, like, you have to pay extra to see this shit, but with the pandemic and everything going on, they were just like, ah, just put it on VH1. Yeah. So, yeah, now I'm wondering if it's one of those things where it's like, maybe with how much better Drag Race has been doing than they expected... That, like, maybe they're trying to make a push to see, like, hey, how mainstream can we really get with this? I feel like at this point, like, it's as much of an institution, it's, like, basically just a reality TV institution now. Yeah, and I do wonder, like, 
And, and it does make me wonder, actually, like, considering that, like, you know, the things that we know about, like, the CW networks is that, like, they don't get a lot of, they don't get a lot of viewers, but they get really young, like, really women-oriented viewers. I wonder yep. if they're going to get, like, significant numbers from that. Yeah. And, like, you know, and just, just the weirdness of the fact that, like, Drag Race is literally on fucking, like, Drag Race is going to be opposite fucking SmackDown on fucking, like, basic television so what you're saying is basic tv is just the home of the worst tv shows that we love yeah pro wrestling.cool it's not just cool it's we've taken over all <laughs> fucking over the air channels with our bullshit <laughs> oh god now i'm now i'm worried about all the other shit we're we're, we're willing on to basic tv <laughs> i mean one can only hope that chris lee is going to be on nbc soon <laughs> I mean, the C, the C in NBC does stand for Chrisley. We peacock criminals. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, Chrisley yeah. cast episode one coming, I don't know. Eventually. Alongside Corona cast. And Teddy, and Teddy cast. cast. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I mean... Yeah, like it is it is crazy to think of just like how how many people I know that like aren't won't wouldn't even be ashamed to say that yeah, I've seen an episode of Drag Race. Yeah. You know, like and hey, maybe this is a you know, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that, you know, there's just this level of acceptance for shit like Drag Race. Absolutely. And you know, I it's it's weird, like, I don't know, it's weird, because it's one of those things where it's like, <clears throat> I guess it's always, you know, look, it's always felt different to me being, you know, look, you know, as, as y'all know, I'm from fucking New York. It's very different when you're, like, around this shit all the time, If for, and for no other reason than, like, hey, I remember seeing fucking, like, ads for Drag Race on, like, bus stations during, like, season, like, two or three when it was still on Logo. Like... Drag yeah. Race, like, Drag Race has always kind of been, like, you know, at least where, where I'm at, like, Drag Race has always been a little bit more mainstream than it is for, I'd say, like, the average person. But, Look, like, being, being in Toronto, it's the same thing. But it's still fucking crazy to just, yeah, like, see it as one of those things where it's like, yeah, it went from, you know, it, it's a show that went from being, like, you know, the the fucking anchor for the, the gay and lesbian cable channel to fucking... On VH1, like, you know, yeah, okay, like, the secondary fucking music channel, but still, it's fucking VH1. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's on the fucking CW. Yeah, and sure, it's probably only just gonna be one night only, but, like, still, it's on fucking, like, I could literally turn on Channel 11 on, and see fucking Drag Race. Maybe the CW just wants to redeem itself for the homophobic shit they pulled at the end of Supernatural. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Sorry, you know. Let me. Sorry, let me rephrase this. The somehow simultaneously both very gay and very homophobic shit. God. Yeah, like we were talking about earlier with Donna Summer and Prince. God, that fucking supernatural shit was. As someone that kept following Supernatural until the end. That was fucking insane bullshit. 
I've never actually seen an episode of Supernatural. Uh, there were two characters in the show that um, were heavily shipped online. And it was one of those things that, like, you know, they would never confirm that this is a gay ship or anything like that. Yeah. And then in, like, the in like the second last episode of the show, the one of the characters confesses their love to the other one. And then immediately goes to super hell. Wow! <laughs> and is never seen again! <laughs> wow! You can do that? <laughs> it was a roller coaster of emotions of... It did wow. that air like two years ago? This aired like two months ago. Wow! Yeah, Supernatural ended this year. Like in November. Are you sure this shit was on the CW and not OANN? <laughs> it was a roller coaster of emotions of... Wait, they confirmed the gay thing. Wait, they sent him to super hell. <laughs> I just can't even believe they, didn't, they couldn't even just like send him to regular hell. No, it has to be super hell. I mean, it's supernatural. Everything is super hell. Oh, fair. You know, they go to regular hell a lot. <laughs> As you do. I mean, one could argue we're there right now. What a and, fucking... And you know who's joining us there, Oscar? Is it RuPaul? It sure is. And that's why it's now time for us to talk about season 13. And yeah. the queens that are going to be on it. I don't know. You have any thoughts on the 13 new queens? Or the uh, the fun, stupid thing that they've... The gimmick that they've said for the uh, the first challenge? What is the gimmick for the first challenge? So the gimmick for the first challenge... I don't know what the actual challenge is going to be because I haven't watched that. But... So, there's going to be one winner, and everybody else is going to have to lip-sync for their life. Sure. So, there are, no going way... to be, there are going to be six different lip-syncs on the first fucking episode. That in no way seems like it's going to be overcrowded and a mess. I assume they're all going to be happening, like, uh, different times. Because it sounds, the way they said it, it sounds like it's going to be, you know, or at least the way that I interpreted it from the, the explanation I read was that it's, yeah, it's like, it's 13, it's 13 queens this season. So one winner for that challenge, and then the remaining 12 are going to be paired off into six different lip syncs. See, I was kind of hoping that it's like, well, we couldn't get a three, a three queen lip sync, right? But we can sure do a 12 queen lip sync. <laughs> Um, so... I mean, hey, sounds... remember, they did a they did a six-queen lip-sync last season. Oh, fucking right, they did. Oh, God, that was so bad! Yeah. Oh. I just want to see... You know what? I just want to see more dumb shit, like, like Crystal Methods on, like, a bird lip-sync. Because that was fucking cool and exciting and, like, unique and made them be, like, actually creative and do something different with the format, which is why it will never happen again. Now we're just going to all be in the workroom, but practicing social distancing. Also, just, you know, hey, it was very clear. It became very clear during finale night that I was the only one left that was still behind Crystal Method when all my other friends were just like, what the fuck was that lip sync? And I was like, that lip sync fucking ruled is what it is. Yeah. That lip sync was great. 
Show me the bird vomit. She clearly won that round. Fucking Gigi Good cheating. Fucking cheating ass Gigi Good. God damn. Uh, yeah, you know, look. This is... So, so they are, they're confirmed that they're just kind of going back to the original formats and shit? Yeah, sounds like it. It's just that, you know, 13 queens doing, uh, doing her usual stuff. I mean, I don't really know, again, like, I haven't... The most exposure I've had to any of this has basically just been reading, like, a couple articles. I read, like, the little, you know, the, like, the little previews of the queens that they had out there. Which, again, like, the article that I've, that I read, uh, is... It's not even like they're they're literally all just using the fucking like same like three sentences that VH1 wrote for them. Yeah, well, because you know, it's the easiest way to write this article of just like here's VH1's content. Yeah, we don't have to do our own research. Who needs that? I do have a question for you about. What's granted, I didn't do so. You know, I fucking complain. You know, this season feels kind of light on New York Queens. In that there's only fucking four of them this time. I know. It's it's such a dearth of, of, you know, local people. Now, some of these queens, they are, like... So, like, Candy Muse, they've said, is Brooklyn's drag queen of the year. And apparently... How many of these New York queens do you know being someone that's actually, like, kind of in tune with the New York drag scene? I actually have heard of Candy Muse before. Okay. So this can, Candy Muse is like I haven't I haven't personally seen Candy Muse, but Candy Muse is definitely a name that I have that I have heard around the scene and that like people people speak really highly of. Like So this isn't like a Brita situation of like people in New York going, Who the fuck is Brita? No. Like Candy Candy Muse Candy Muse is like an actual name. All everybody right. everybody else I don't know him. Cool. But Candy so, Muse Candy Muse, like I said, yeah, haven't I haven't personally seen Candy Muse? I've I have definitely heard, like I've definitely seen Candy Muse's name around, and people people do speak highly of her. So when they say Tina Burner is a New York legend, you know, is that accurate? Maybe I again, like I don't know. Tina or Burner is... seems Tina Burner seems kind of cool. I like her outfit. Yeah, or is New York legend just a way of saying she's thirty nine years old? I'm going to go with that. I'm actually surprised, kind of looking at the ages this year, two older queens. The I don't have the ages in front of me. Who who is uh, who else is the older one? Uh, Tamisha Iman is 42. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. She looks good. Yes. But, like, kind of especially considering how young last year's season was. Yeah, although I will say, like, I don't know, some of these queens, they got, they got cool looks, like, some people seem neat, like, I like, uh, you know, I, you know, I've always liked the, I always like the weird queens, I always, you know, I love me and Evie Oddly, uh, what have you, so, like, I think Simone looks really cool and unique with her, like, fucking awesome hair she got going on. Utica Queen, just based on kind of the stuff I've seen, is probably the one... I'm most into right now. Yeah, Utica Queen. That definitely saw Utica Queen. It's like, oh, yep, that's Oscar's pick. I was, yeah. I was thinking it's either Utica or, um, oh god, uh, Joey J. Joey J's cool. I'm also kind of into Elliot. Elliot with two T seems neat, but yeah, I don't know. I, I also just look at it like, 
I hate to say it, it feels kind of underwhelming. It kind of feels like, I don't know, maybe it's just the way that they describe him. And maybe it's just like some of the names I'm seeing. But it also, it feels kind of like going back to the well in a lot of ways, you know? Like, mm-hmm. all right, they got Kamora Hall, who I've I've heard of Kamora Hall. They they seem cool, but yeah, it's like, all right, that's that's Aja's drag mom or something, or no, or Candy Muse's drag uh, Aja's drag mom or someone. Yeah, huh? It's like they have it's like they have Aja's drag mom on here. They have like um, Rose, who was in a who's in a music group with Jan. They have. Fucking, they have got milk. I'm sorry, how is that not just milk with extra steps? <laughs> God damn. It's got Mick, thank you. There, There is no L in there. I'm not gonna lie, I am now just seeing that there's no L in there and I'm genuinely surprised. Yeah, no, I really me, thought it was got. I thought it was got milk, and I was like, I thought it was got milk as well until like, until I just read that name again. I was like, wait, there's no L there. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, look, I think it's cool that Got Mick is um the first trans man on Drag Race. Oh, Got Mick is is the the first trans man. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. I feel like it will be handled very well by RuPaul. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. It's going to be one of those things where it's very much like it's let's be honest. Like, I, you know, I don't want to pass judgment on the show having not seen it. But like, look, I also don't feel very bad about doing that, considering that, like, hey, I remember fucking how they did fucking Gia Gunn. And like, you know, it feels like, you know, it's hard for me to look at this and not and not say, all right, well, Gottmik is there to, you know, Gottmik is there to give some fucking legitimacy to, to RuPaul to be like, see, look, I'm not transphobic. I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm with the scene. Yeah, I do. I also... And is there to not question RuPaul's stances on anything or do any of that? Because if you, if she does, then RuPaul is going to come down on her with a fucking full force. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we're maybe anticipating the worst, though. Oh, no. I mean, I literally just said that I am. Don't get me wrong. It's just, has the show ever given us a reason to not expect the worst? No, you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. I just hope, you know, I want to say that maybe... Someone has had a chat with Rue and said, come on, you need to fix this. I'd like to hope so, but... The more more mainstream we're going here, you know... Also, apparently from what I'm reading, it turns out Utica absolutely is the most me, my pick, because apparently she's kind of cringy on Twitter. Word! So you know what? Yeah, it checks out. I mean, you're going to have to explain that. I'm only just seeing people saying that Utica is kind of annoying and cringy. I don't know the details. But I will also say, hey, can't be worse than Gigi Good. Sis, you just post cringe. You're going to lose subscribers. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like, if anything, it's more just they're weird and wacky on Twitter, which people think is cringy. I mean, it kind of is, but so is literally everything else on the internet. Yeah. The internet exists for cringe. That's literally the only thing that we have anymore, because we're not, we've already we've given up on the idea of this, like, fucking thing actually making life better in any way imaginable. Or, like, yeah, stemming, you know, the fucking capitalist hellscape that we live in. So now we just have fucking podcasts and cringe. Enjoy. But yeah, like, I'll be honest, this cat, you're right. This cast does seem like it's very much just not doing anything super unique. You know, but also, I wonder how much of that maybe is a part of well, we can't exactly do big casting because of the pandemic. I'm sure, and also, I mean, you know, it's fucking, it's fucking season thirteen. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that from what I'm looking at here, you don't have more. You know, just given the pandemic, there aren't more bedroom queens. That's exactly what I was thinking when looking at this list earlier. Like. That and, and I'm glad that you said that, because, like, where is the Aiden Zane? Like, it's not like I thought Aiden Zane was great, don't get me wrong, but, like, where are these people that have just, like, come completely out of nowhere that are just, like, kind of doing their, like, yeah, like, this feels like the perfect season to be, like, highlighting that. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's just a case of, yeah, a lot of people really fucking hated Aiden Zane, and so they're not going back to that well. Yeah, maybe. Like, I'll be honest, Aiden Zane did not deserve a lot of the social media hate she got. No one does. Weird, I can't believe people on the internet are taking it too far. And so, you know, maybe it's just a case of, eh, maybe now is not the time for an Aiden. Or maybe also it's just a case of, Hey, we we just don't want to bring eyes on. T- you know, we don't want to. We don't want to bring more awareness of the fact that there's a pandemic going on. Yeah, I do wonder how how this season is going to feel. Probably really fucking weird. Like, do you think that they're going to try and make people like socially distance or something in the workroom? Honestly, if anything, they might bring some, like, vague platitude, or, you know, like, the, if anything, I'm assu- if anything, I'm guessing they might just make, like, a Valentina wearing her mask for a lips, where, you know, when she fucking wouldn't take her mask off to lip sync joke. Cool. So, so it'll basically have all the teeth of, uh, their... Go vote shit. Yeah. Pretty Group much. Paul, everybody. And, like, they'll they'll make a deal of, like, well, everyone's been isolated during this and, you know, we're testing every day. Oh, so they're going to do an AEW. Yeah, pretty much. Speaking of AEW... You want to get into the meat? You want to get into the real part of this episode? Well, before we do that, I, we should just say, uh, yeah, I don't know. Season thirteen, it's it's happening, all right. It's happening in a week, and you know what else is happening in a little over a week, Oscar? What's happening in a little over a week? 
and this is surprising, Ruthless Aggression 4! Yeah! Because, yeah, I think this is the the perfect time for us to announce that while Season 13 is running, Ruthless Aggression's gonna be fucking weekly, baby! Heal Alternative died for this, and you know what? Baby, this was the right call. Yeah, no, I'm... Hey, look, if... if fucking Owen is gonna be a whiny loser about restarting heel turn with us <coughs> at least for a little bit like it's the perfect time for us to have some casual Friday on a Monday content yeah so yeah I don't know uh expect uh, Ruthless Aggression 4 I'm gonna say January 4th Monday and then you can expect like episodes every other Monday or every Monday after that as long as the season long- runs at long last, ProWrestling.Cool is giving you the wrestling content on January 4th that you deserve. <laughs> I can't believe with the New Japan experts now. I mean, you know, hey, you either, you either leave the site to become a brand or you stay on long enough to become the New Japan people. Literally made of expert. <laughs> Y'all, there's no way that we can be doing another one of these fucking ruthless aggressions and caring about drag rates or doing any of this stuff if we're not going to have some fucking fun with it. So, for the first time in six months, we're once again going to book an all-wrestler drag race season! Yeah! The only rules are, we can't have anyone that was in the last season. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, not until we get Ruthless Aggression All-Stars. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to start doing All-Stars eventually, and, you know, then it's just going to become too meta that we're having to book shows that are intentionally bad. (laughs) We're Vince McMahon now, it's us! I can't believe Sonny Kiss went home for calling out uh, RuPaul on his his bullshit. I can. Yeah. I completely can. That's the only way that was ever going to go. True. So, I got my categories here. Carried over the categories from last time with some modifications. Um, Before we start booking, I I do want to list out those categories again and see if we want to make some modifications here. So... As we've determined, seasons have certain archetypes, certain character types that need to be filled in every single season because it's this show and the show is formulaic and dumb and bullshit. It has to happen. So what you're saying is it's reality TV and this is why Joe Schmo was able to make fun of it like 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And so we need, of the 13 queens here, we have a big queen, a camp queen, a pageant queen, a southern queen, a weird queen, an androgynous queen, queen least likely to speak English, a Broadway queen, a young or most likely to be problematic on Twitter queen, and four wild cards. Um, so my first question is, should we modify any of those wild cards? Uh, I don't, you know, I, I guess the only, you know... I don't think um I can't think I can't think of any wild cards specifically that like we absolutely you know I can't think of any archetypes that aren't represented 
Like, I feel like those other ones very much you have in every season, and then, yeah, wildcard is actually the perfect way to put it. Okay. So that takes us that takes us to what? 12 queens? Uh, 13. So, wait, what am I missing? Big queen, camp queen, pageant queen, southern queen, weird queen, androgynous queen, least likely to speak English, Broadway, young, and then four wildcards? Yes. That's 12. What? Oh, no, it is 13. I'm dumb. Never mind. Ignore me. Ignore me. <laughs> I was like, wait, I gotta count this. God damn it. Yeah, no, I, I... I forgot that... Oh, right, we've discontinued the special Sherry Pie Award for every problematic wrestler. Yeah, that's just, a, that's just a wild card now. Yes. And we added one more wild card, because I think we only had ten last time. No, wait, sorry. Mustafa Ali was, was a wild card. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't listen with the rest of the wild cards. Yeah. This is good content. This is great content. Don't worry. It's going to be edited out. So, I feel like, and I know we were kind of talking about this, but I feel like Keith Lee needs to be there. Yeah. Keith Lee, I feel like, maybe is the big queen. Yep, I think so. I think that's the perfect place for Keith Lee. You know, if Vince won't use him, we'll use him. Um, you know, who else are some other people that I feel that, like, just have to be here? Well, I know that you have one in particular that you've been thinking of that we couldn't use last time. Uh, but oh, now yes. that they're off suspension. Yes, Sammy Guevara is absolutely the young and the most likely to be problematic on Twitter. Or, more specifically, most likely to be problematic on the whole fucking show. Everybody's problematic on the whole fucking show. That's the point of that podcast. Yeah, I'm aware. It's the come town of wrestling. <laughs> as much as we try to be the come town of wrestling. Yeah, no, there you can't you can't fuck with the real ones. Um I'm gonna say MJF is the Broadway queen. Yes. I feel like Le Dinner Debonair has absolutely proven that... No, it's MJF. Nope, it is a million percent MJF. Um... So, I had... <clears throat> I had a thought about Queen Least Likely to Speak English. Okay. And this is gonna be a little... This is gonna be a little out there, I'll grant you. Uh, this isn't a person that I think really immediately comes to mind when you think about drag... What about Minoru Suzuki? Ooh. Because I don't know if you've seen Suzuki's Instagram. Motherfucker is a fashion icon. He has got so much fucking style for days. I also feel like Minoru Suzuki kind of fills the other category of older queen. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm fully fucking down with putting Minoru Suzuki in there. Fuck yeah. You know, Suzuki-gun represent. He's here to get revenge for Taichi's treatment. Taichi's treatment was exactly how Taichi would have gone down. I mean, also, it's how Minoru Suzuki's going to go down, let's be honest. No. You're not wrong. Who are we thinking... You know, I'm trying to think of, like... Because we had Biggie last time as our camp queen. 
Yes. I'm trying to think of like who would be the who would, who's like the fucking most camp this year. Problem is, it would be Jericho, and he's well, we he used did him last time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, I'm gonna pull up the roster pages for WWE and AEW. Do it, Coward. Cameron Grimes, no. Dexter Loomis, baby. <laughs> well, so De- Southern Queen. <laughs> Is Dexter Loomis Southern? I don't fucking know. I guess that would be Cam Cam and Grimes. I don't want Cameron Grimes anywhere near our fucking shit. No, <laughs> never. Um. Oh God, Bo literally put Cameron Grimes on the moon and leave him there. I I just found out that Bo Dallas is still employed because I keep fucking forgetting Bo Dallas is employed. He sure is. I have a pick maybe for like veteran older queen. I think that would be a wild card at this point. But yeah. Go on. Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Okay. Like Dolph Ziggler, absolutely. Uh, you know. I would say this, Dolph Ziggler kind of, do you remember Charlie Hyde's? Not really? Is that, is that how you say H-A-A-S? Charlie Charlie Hyde's was the British queen from season nine. That oh, like, no, I didn't. Wa- I never watched season nine. I never no. watched season nine. Charlie Hyde's was. An I, older- I honestly thought you meant Charlie Haas. No, no, Charlie Hyde's. I was Hides. like, is that how you say that? No. <laughs> No, uh, Charlie Hyde was, like, an older British queen who, you know, got their very sad, you know, got their special sad moment when they lamented about the AIDS crisis that they lived through. But also, the second Charlie Hyde was in the was in the bottom, she just refused to lip sync because she's just like, well, we don't lip sync in England. <laughs> what? You know, that's not how we did it in my day. What? And they fucking went home. What? Yeah. Do I need to watch season nine? That sounds terrible. Season nine was actually not a bad season. So, yeah, go on. Again, season nine featured two all-time terrible fucking lip-sync performances. Because it also had the... Valentina is wearing a fa- is wearing a mask that covers her mouth and refused to take it off because she didn't know the words to the song. Very smart, Valentina. Uh, I mean, hey, yeah. it was a, it was a clever strategy. It just yeah, clearly it, didn't work until Baba Roo was like, "Take that off. This is a lip sync challenge. We need to see your lips." Oops. Uh, but yeah, no, season nine, season nine was kind of good. Sasha Velour fucking rules. So here's my thought for the Weird Queen. Okay. Bray Wyatt. Ooh, yes. All right. Uh, are we, are we doing Dolph Ziggler? Yeah, I put him, I put him down as one of the wild cards. Okay, cool. Fucking Dolph Ziggler. So now we got now we need the Camp Queen, the Pageant Queen, the Southern Queen, the Androgynous Queen, and three wild cards. I feel like this list is very WWE heavy right now. 
Yeah, it is. Um, do we have anybody from AEW that we feel like would fill? Also, I have a question: Is Bray Wyatt the uh, can't? Is Bray Wyatt the weird queen, or is Bray Wyatt the Southern Queen? I'm gonna say the weird queen because I'm seeing Firefly Funhouse Bray, not Bayou Shaman. Fair enough. I mean, granted, you know, Bayou Shaman's gonna be one of the characters, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing it being this Bray. Season three, the season of the all the all Bray season. Let's go. <laughs> that that's the Hall of Bray spectacular. Hate it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Fair. You should hate it. I'm trying to think of who could do the androgyny stuff well. I had a thought for the Camp Queen. Alright. What about John Silver? Ooh. Yes. Like, I feel like John Silver would have terrible runways, but just have so much fucking energy screaming shit like, PIZZA BOY! That, like, he, like, John Silver strikes me as the, as the person most likely to be the new Vanjie. No, you're absolutely right. And to that point as well, like, I kind of wonder, you know, maybe Joey Janela would work. Yeah! I don't know for what category, but I feel like Joey Jello would work. I say we put Joey as one of the wild cards. Yeah, I guess Joey's not really Southern. He's definitely not Southern, unless you're counting, like, Southern New Jersey. You know, it's south of somewhere. I'm in Canada. This is all south. Fair enough. Um, hmm. Who'd be a good pageant queen? You know, I guess... You know, I wonder if, like... You know, could a, could a jungle boy work as a pageant queen? I guess I just don't really see it. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't really see it with jungle boy. Maybe Adam Page, but I guess he's not pretty enough. Yeah. All right, back to the WWE roster then. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, you know, I do remember thinking, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe Orange Cassidy, but, like, I don't know. We are mi- I, I can't believe it. We missed the fucking most obvious pageant queen. Oh? It's Tyler Breeze. A fucking course. Breeze is gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely Tyler Breeze. All right, I have added Breezes to the list. Um, so Southern Queen, Androgynous Queen, and two wild cards. Yep. Um, it sucks that the most androgynous, it sucks that the best person for Androgynous Queen wants to know what school I go to. Yep. Don't worry, Kashida broke their arm, it's fine. We'll never see them again, until Triple H wants us to see them again. (laughs) In like two weeks. I could see someone like Kip Sabian maybe pulling off the androgyny thing. Maybe? Or I guess Kip Sabian's maybe too pretty. Like, like, 
We had Kenny for it last time. Yes, we did. Um, you know, I feel like this is actually getting a bit tough. What do we think about Miro? I was going to say maybe Miro falls in the, you know, the queen least likely to speak English. <laughs> but also, I feel like I wouldn't mind. I feel like Miro could make a good wild card, maybe. Maybe. Let's let's keep Miro in the back pocket. Yeah, let's let's hold off on Miro. Miro's I feel like Miro's one of those people like, you know, like we talked about with Hangman last time, where it's like, I'm not sure I could see Miro being really like someone that would work well in the show, but I could see Miro being like a fucking like legendary judge. Yeah. Hmm. And Helico. Jack Evans. I don't know who would be better on the show. I feel like Angelico's prettier. Yeah. But but Jack Evans might commit more. Jack Evans would 100% commit more. You know what? Again, maybe let's keep that in the back pocket. Hmm. Lars Sullivan. No. What about Ricky Starks? For which one? I don't know anything. Ricky Stark seems cool. Ricky Starks does seem cool. Like, I feel like, the you know, just every time I see Ricky Starks, just the way that he cuts promos, the way that, like, the energy he brings, just, like, the fucking, like, cool swagger of, like, always fucking, like, d- did you see the, did you see the Being the Elite where they did the uh, the one chip challenge? Uh, to yes, just actually term- I did. Yeah, like, the way the fucking, like, Ricky Starks is fucking working that thing. And then cheated. I feel like maybe Ricky Starks, I also kind of think maybe Ricky Starks could pull off the androgyny thing. I could see it. I mean, hey, he pulled off that, uh, he pulled off that Darby Allen. Yeah. I'm looking up where Ricky Starks is from. Yeah, I was just gonna say, is he Southern? Uh... He is born in Louisiana, born in Nolens, Louisiana, raised in Austin, Texas. Ricky Starks is the Southern Queen. Ricky Starks is the Southern Queen. Um, do we have enough New Yorkers in this list yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Santana or, or Ortiz, which one? Actually, I've got one for Androgynous Queen. What about one... What about uh, Isaiah Cassidy? I could see Isaiah or, or Mark Quinn. Yeah, like... Yeah, like, I feel like one of the members of Private Party could definitely pull that off. I feel like... I feel like it would be more... You know, I personally would lean more towards Mark Quinn because of the fucking, like, the coattails, outfits and shit. No, that's fair. Again, Mark, like either Mark Quinn's one. Mark Quinn's got was... style. Ho ho lun. Ew. But yeah, no, I I think yeah, I'm, I I think Mark Quinn's a fine choice. Yeah, I'm putting Mark Quinn down. I'm gonna make a suggestion for the wild for one of the wild cards. Okay. You know, you know, you know who would actually be maybe the fucking perfect shitty drag race contestant. It's Coda Reeves. Uh, 
you know Kona Reeves is exactly the sort of fucking terrible queen that makes it way farther in the season than anybody. Kona Reeves is in the special category of the queen that only Oscar likes. I have a thought for one that maybe would be that would work as maybe like the old queen. Oh yeah. What about Volter? I feel like Volter would I don't know if I don't know how I don't know if he would be all that good. I feel like maybe he takes himself a bit too seriously. Yeah, probably. I've actually kind of been thinking, though, um, for the older queen, maybe. What about, like, Samoa Joe? Ooh. Very clearly, like, willing to do the comedy with, like, the Wendy shit. But has enough of a... comedy? Are you... I don't know. Samoa Joe was pretty pretty funny during that AG Styles feud. I don't know what you're talking about. That was real. (laughs) He was trying to steal that man's wife. Like, Samoa Joe, I, I'm a, I actually feel like, yeah, Samoa Joe would be fucking perfect in this. You know, has clearly been doing this long enough that has enough of a legacy. But still kind of willing to get into it. Alright, I've added Samoa Joe to the list, so we need one more wild card. As I said, tell me the Kona Reeves is not this season's Derek Barry. I will not tell you that because what I'm going to tell you is that Kona Reeves is this season's Calrie Kardashian. <laughs> I fucking keep forgetting about Calrie Kardashian. Don't worry. So does everyone except for Calrie Kardashian. I'm also, you know, I'm also just looking at who else is in here as well. Um, maybe one of the Undisputed Era guys. Like, I could see Adam Cole or or Rod Strong being pretty good at this. What? No Bobby Fish? I mean, he's got... He seemingly has such great opinions on things like QAnon. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we could, we, could take, we could take the man in WWE who's been involved in WWE's most recent drag segment and uh, put either Bobby Lashley or Sami Zayn in. I actually did think about Sami Zayn, all things considered, but no, you know what? I think, I think we got a list of 13 here, Oscar. Okay. I think we got a list of 13, including Keith Lee, John Silver, Tyler Breeze, Ricky Starks, Bray Wyatt, Mark Quinn, Minoru Suzuki, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Dolph Ziggler, Joey Janela, Samoa Joe, and fucking Kona Reeves. (laughs) Hell Yeah. Um, you know what, again, this is a good-ass lineup of contestants. Yeah. Also, again, looking at the WWE roster, I keep forget, fucking forgetting that Walking Wild exists. What did they do to you, DJZ? I can't believe that's what they did to DJZ. Like, honestly, this isn't even worthy of an I can. Like, no, what the fuck did you do to DJZ? Got a guy who's like made his own fucking entrance music because he's an actual DJ and he has all those all cool shiny shit. And then you're like, I don't know. Now you're in a now you're one of the fucking jabronis that helps out Santos Escobar. No. 
Yeah. What a good company. Uh, so, I think now, let's kind of get in, do we have a roadmap of how the challenges usually go? I think that, no, I, I don't know, I, I, no more of a roadmap than we did last time. I feel like, you know, first but challenge. Think, but yeah, okay. I think, look, I think that first we can, look, I think that we can do something easy here, which is to say, you know, we already know what the rules are for for season thirteen. So, what would be a what would be a first challenge that would be you know contingent on like one person clearly wins it, and then everybody else has to lip sync. Runway. Yeah. Yeah, like it's absolutely got to just be a runway challenge. Then. You think it's going to be three looks or just like? I think I think they'll get the sewing challenge out of the way early. Yeah. So. Yeah, who can't sew? Or, no, actually, sorry, if, if everybody's doing it, who, who... Tyler Breeze has to win this, right? Tyler Breeze is a fashion guy. I think it would either be... Are we going kayfabe here? Let me rephrase this. So, I mean, yes, but, like, the, the thing is that what I'm thinking is, like, I, I feel like it would either have... I think it would have to come down to Breeze and Bray. Like... Breeze is good. Yeah, Breeze is the fashion model. Breeze is like the fucking expert at this. But also, Bray is just this unbridled creativity. You just do all this fucking crazy shit, weird shit. Like, I could, like, the one thing I could see that maybe being like, you know, maybe Bray would just like come out like so strong at the gate, like, and come out kind of weird and unfocused. And they, and like, I could see maybe the complaint for Bray being like, you have a lot of energy. You look so, you're, you're a fucking star, but you need to rein it in. I ought to, I feel like Tyler Breeze probably wins this first one because Tyler Breeze is the better runway model. Yes. And so, and like, they'll say to Bray, it's like, you know, you, you know, you have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of potential in what you're doing here. You just need to make it more focused. Yeah. Like, it's going to be like Bray's outfits are incredible, but Bray hasn't quite figured out how to, you know, how to do the runway, how to do the walk, how to sissy that walk, if you will. He's the kimchi. Yeah. A guy, except he won't go that far. Maybe he will. Who knows? I feel like Suzuki can't sew. Yep, Suzuki absolutely can't sew. Yeah, Suzuki is incredibly capable and can do all these things. But Suzuki has never learned how to sew because it's just had been able to make it work. I don't think Sammy can sew. Nope. I, don't, I mean, look, you know, Sammy's got that, that panda. My feeling is that if Sammy Zane, or if Sammy Guevara is the young problematic queen who's like an Instagram personality, Sammy Guevara absolutely has all his outfits made for him. No, they, you're 100% right. <laughs> I think, I feel like MJF, like, does really good shit, but doesn't stand out. Yeah, like, MJF is... Like, I feel like it comes down to, like, MJF can sew, MJF can do these things, but, like, I feel like, you know, I feel like I can see the the, the people being like, I, f- I feel like you overdid it on the Burberry. <laughs> uh... I feel like to just then start screaming at myself Visage. I actually feel like the top two here or the top three here is probably 
Tyler Breeze, Bray Wyatt, and Mark Quinn. Yeah, I can see Mark Quinn. You know, like, again, Mark Quinn's going to have these fabulous... But I think with Mark Quinn, it's just going to be a case of, like, you have these really good concepts, they're just not all there yet. Yes. Oh, so Mark Quinn. Yeah. Kona Reeves, I feel like, might actually surprisingly have some decent outfits. I feel like Kona Reeves has some decent outfits, but also can't really sew. Oh, Kona Reeves is, like, on this season because Kona Reeves brings the drama. Yes. Like, Kona, Kona Reeves, Reeves is the vixen. Yeah, Kona Reeves gets in the workroom fights. And then he just starts to yell, I'm the finest! I'm the finest! Yelling, my name is Kona Reeves. Because that's a normal thing that people yell. <laughs> um, Fuck Kona Reeves. God damn. <laughs> You know what, again, fuck all (laughs) y'all. Who do we think just, like, outright just fails this challenge? Ziggler. See, I could see see Ziggler skating by. I feel like, honestly, with Dolph Ziggler, it's a case of just, like, Dolph Ziggler outright fails this challenge because Dolph Ziggler just sort of is, like, coasting on the fact that no, I'm Dolph Ziggler. I'm really popular in Florida. Yeah, I could see that. I was also I was thinking that like I could see like if, if there are two people here that I could see definitely being like bottom two. Although you know, I think I feel like you know it's not really going to matter here because I feel like probably just like with the first episode here, I don't think anyone's going to get eliminated. You're not gonna do a six on. You're not gonna do a six on six fucking like like six people doing or twelve people doing lip syncs for your lives and then fucking sending six people home. Like what? Yeah, true. So let's just say Tyler Breeze wins. Yeah, I think Tyler Breeze wins. I feel like yeah, it's like I feel like the worst people here. Like yeah, I think you're making a compelling argument for Dolph. I feel like also just. I feel like if anyone is going to be the bedroom queen this season, it's got to be John Silver, right? I feel like John Silver and Ricky Starks kind of both have some bedroom queen energy. Yeah, I, but I feel like, look, I feel like, you know, maybe I feel like Ricky Starks has much better fashion sense than John Silver. Oh, absolutely. I love John Silver. John Silver's wonderful. But I could absolutely see John Silver trying to t- take that fucking... Um, Steve Brule shirt that he wears on BTE and other places and making that, trying to make that an actual outfit. I feel like, yeah, like, I feel like John Silver tries to get by a little too much on being just, I'm going to go overt comedy. Yes. I feel like John Silver runs into some Ms. Cracker issues. Yes. Where, like, your comedy can be good, but comedy will only ever get you so far on this show. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, I feel like maybe the next challenge is probably, you know, the first acting challenge or like the improv challenge. Yeah, I think improv. Yeah, and I think that this is where John Silver really gets to shine. Actually, no. I'm going to say first they do the acting challenge. All right. 
I think I feel like that's that flows right that first they want to see how you do with a script and then like you know maybe letting you make some changes like play off of the script and, and make it your own but like they want to see how you work with a script before they let you do like full on improv I feel like they kind of just you know like I'm I'm looking at last year and they did World's Worst before they did Gay's Anatomy but okay then but yeah also... let's do let's do improv first let's do improv first but also, like, again, I feel like that's one of those things that can sort of change whenever, because I feel, you know, like, the only reason I'm saying the improv is because, yeah, I feel like that's where John Silver's only good challenge is. Damn. And yeah. he probably has a good snatch game, maybe. I don't think John Silver even makes it that far. Yeah, fuck. Because I just, look, I, I'll just say it. I feel like John Silver's probably not gonna be a good lip sync. Yeah, I, I feel mean, like I feel like John Silver tries to make up for it by playing to the rafters and just like going like you know going all out with it. But I feel like John Silver just doesn't have good moves. Doesn't yeah, have good fair, routines. To be fair, though, people like playing to the rafters and going all out with it is exactly what RuPaul and Michelle Visage love. It's true, but I, I think it all depends on like I, I guess it, it all depends on who John Silver's put up against. Well, because I, I, a... I think that I think that if if John Silver's put up against someone that's like that, I think would be like competent at lip syncing. Done. Oh, I was gonna say if John Silver goes up against MJF, MJF plays to the rafters, but also has the moves. Exactly. All right, and I think that even like someone that has the like someone that has the moves and like can sell it better than just like going like overt stupid ridiculousness, I think is going to just have an advantage. Yeah, you're probably right. I think for the improv chat so again, I I, I I just I just always come back to Ms. Cracker versus Cameron Michaels. Yeah, fuck. I feel like yeah, the improv challenge. I feel like. John Silver does well in this. I feel like Joey Janela probably has good improv comic timing. I think so. And I feel like, um, you know, again, like I feel like MJF can absolutely, like MJF is a great fucking improv. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I think it's one of the things that's like MJF is like, MJF is a huge standout. Uh, I think Janela does well. Like, Silver, just again, it's. It, I feel like it's like we talked about before with, like, Drake Maverick. Like, Silver just, bull, or Big E. Like, Silver just yeah. bulls everyone over with his energy. Yes. Like, they'll say to MJF, you know, like, you know, I think, yeah, John Silver, MJF, and um, Janelle are the tops. Yeah. I feel like Bray's, Bray's safe. Bray's safe. Like, they'll say to Bray, it's like... You showed a lot of promise here, but, um, but you know, as well, it's just like, you gotta rein in some of your weirdness. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it could be one of those things where it's like, with Bray, it's just like, Bray's still just playing Bray, and not really, like, falling into a character here. It's like, let let yourself loose and let yourself really fall into these characters. Yeah. So, do, are we saying Silver wins? I think silver wins. Yeah. Who's our bot? Who are the bottoms? Well, clearly Kona Reeves. Yeah. Kona Reeves is probably not a great improver. Suzuki. Just... Suzuki because Suzuki has trouble with the language. 
But I also think that's like I think Suzuki has trouble with the language, but I think that Suzuki just like the just the creepy weird energy that Suzuki brings is just like I feel like Suzuki has an energy that is transcendent enough that like Suzuki's able to like skate by. Like Suzuki I maybe guess- I feel like Suzuki is bottom three, but not bottom two, if you know what I mean. Actually, I'm thinking maybe Suzuki doesn't make bottom three. I feel like where Suzuki where Suzuki's improv is going to struggle is in the snatch game. Or I was going to say, like, I feel like the place where Suzuki's really done it is is like the actual acting challenge. Yeah, like I'm not sure Suzuki makes it the snatch game. I feel like Kona Reeves is bottom. I feel like, or I feel like Kona Reeves is at least bottom three. I feel like maybe Keith Lee. I feel to me it's either Keith Lee or Ricky Starks. I feel like Ricky Stark I feel like, yeah, that's probably the bottom three, but I feel like Ricky Starks is probably just edges out Keith Lee. I could see that. Like I feel like, yeah, like Keith Lee, the weird you know, I, I hate to to say it like this, like the weird Shatner-esque way that Keith Lee talks. Keith like, Lee, like, like I think, I think the thing with Keith Lee is they'll just say it's like you, you know, you're really nice. We really like you, but uh, you know, you got it. I feel like maybe almost he just doesn't, he doesn't seize his moments, and he, he more like they criticize him almost for he tries to make other people shine, and he sort of gets lost in the shuffle. I could see that, and I could also see there. I, I could also see it being an issue where. I feel like more than a lot of people on this list, Keith Lee is only capable of being Keith Lee. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that's kind of Kona Reeves' problem as well, is that he's, like, only fucking Kona Reeves. Yeah, and that's why I think Kona Reeves is the first eliminated, because I think Keith Lee is just... Look, Keith Lee is... We we know what Keith Lee can do. He can do some crazy physical shit. He's going to do some, like, he's going to be all over the fucking place. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, Keith I can Lee see, will... Like, I could actually, like, I don't think, like, I don't think Keith Lee lasts that long, but I could see Keith Lee bordering on Lip Sync Assassin. Keith Lee, I feel like, is the perfect early lip syncer because, but then they'll get to a point where it's like, yeah, well, we've seen this move. Yeah, exactly. We've seen you do the fucking Spanish fly with Dominic Dijakovic a million times now. Yep. Well, what's T-Bar doing in the in the uh, drag race zone? <laughs> oh. Retribution, the unauthorized rusical. <laughs> oh, I actually had my idea for the rusical this year. Don't worry. All right. Well, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to it. Yeah, Coda Reeves is Coda Reeves is eliminated first. We've decided. I think. Fuck yeah. Coda Reeves. Yeah. No. Look, I can't. I can't not say that it isn't Coda Reeves. What would the third challenge be? Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, you know, like we've already had like the sewing challenge. Unless it's just like, you know, I don't know. Do they I do feel like another? it's got to be some kind of group challenge. Yeah. Do you, do they do the acting challenge like so quickly after? 
Like, is this now where it's like the group challenge where they have to do like the morning show kind of thing? Or I'm thinking maybe something more like a rehearsed musical number. Oh, yeah, like the fucking I'm that bitch shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm that bitch you think you know me. Something like that. Yeah. So it's the lip sync challenge, basically. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. And now it's and now you can have three teams of four, so it's perfect. Yeah. Who are the team so who are the team captains? I mean, like what's, who the, we, what's the mini who, challenge gonna be? The mini challenge is probably something the mini challenge is probably something stupid like yeah, I mean let's face it, all the mini challenges are just cut a promo. Yeah, basically. So, basically, who are the three best promo guys here? Ooh. I'd guess probably... I feel like this is where Bray, like, he cuts a promo that's fucking hysterical. Yeah. I think it's gonna be Bray. I think it's gonna be Joe. Oh, actually, it should be four teams of three, because then you just get a bottom three. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm thinking Bray, Joe, MJF. Dolph? Yeah, maybe Dolph. Of the guys on here, I'll say this. This sure ain't a great promo group. No, not really. Um, yeah. Bray, MJF, Dolph, Joe. I feel like MJF doesn't pick Sammy because they've started to have some workroom drama. Yep. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to say Dolph picks Sammy. I feel like MJF would pick Keith Lee for some yeah. reason. Well, because MJF would recognize that this is a lip sync challenge and it's just like, well, Keith Lee will do some crazy lip sync shit. Yes. Um, I could see Joe maybe picking, like, you know, I could see Joe maybe picking, like, I'm going to say Team 1 is Dolph, Sammy, Breeze. Okay, yeah. Um, Bray, or Dolph, Sammy, Breeze, This is hard. Yeah, this is way harder than the last one. Yeah, but you know what? Now we're in the minds of real life drag queens. I know. It's weird. Um uh, I feel like almost I feel like almost MJF you know, MJF um Keith Lee and maybe Suzuki I could see him getting something out of Suzuki. Yeah, like I feel like I could see I could see MJF. I could definitely see MJF being like, "Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a fucking get a good performance out of Suzuki to fucking show them all." Yeah. Um I feel like Bray would kind of gravitate towards some of the weirder people. Like I could see I could see Bray John Silver and Joey Janela being a team. Yes. Definitely. And you know what? 
Samoa Joe, Ricky Starks, and Mark Quinn actually make sense as a team. Yeah, that'd be cool. I was thinking that Samoa Joe and Ricky Starks would actually work, like, really well together. Yeah. And I feel like this is the challenge where MJF's team really shines. Like, these are just, like, Keith Lee's going to do some crazy athletic shit. MJF and Suzuki are just going to fucking play to the rafters. Yep. Suzuki Suzuki's going to have those great facials. Yeah. Suzuki Suzuki already knows how to do a reveal. Hell, I might say this. Suzuki's going to... Suzuki, you know Suzuki's going to have the best fucking wig reveals. Yeah, I actually think Suzuki maybe wins this challenge. I, yeah. Because they... Like, I feel like they, like, they would just be so cracked up by Suzuki. I could see it. Which makes MJF pissed off. Yeah. Well, yeah, MJF, like... I was the captain. I should be the one getting the credit. Yeah. I feel like Bray Wyatt, John John Silver, Joey Janela is the weakest team here. Yeah, I don't think that Bray Wyatt's going to be great at lip-syncing. I feel like Bray Wyatt's not great at lip-syncing. John Silver, we've already established, not a great lip-syncer. And I feel like Joey Janela is not strong enough to carry those two. Yeah, and I think, and I was actually totally thinking that, yeah, I I feel like Bray and John Silver is going to be the bottom two here. Yeah, like, they'll recognize that Joey Janela got a shit run. Yeah, like Joey had some. Joey had some skill. Joey had some talent. That was not enough. Yeah, I feel like John Silver's a better lip syncer than Bray Wyatt. I do too. Like Bray Wyatt is going to do the fucking like the let it go lip sync where. He just basically stands still and tries to let the passion of the song through him, but he doesn't go big enough. Yep. I totally agree with that. I think, yeah, I feel like Bray is going to absolutely be like, I'm going to, yeah, like, I'm going to focus on, like, just look, like, just looking great and, but doing, like, nothing. Yeah. And maybe he'll end Maybe he'll have a prop that does nothing. Yes. Whereas John Silver is just going to be like throwing himself all over the fucking stage, doing like 19 death drops while screaming, Pizza Boy! Yep. Now I think we get the acting challenge. Yes. What terrible pun... What what terrible acting challenge do they have this year? Hmm. <sighs> yeah, this is great content. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. Like we're having to come up with a with fucking things on the fly here. It's true. Is it wrestling related still? Oh, of course it is. Um, and also I don't have to keep calling it out. I'm gonna edit this. <laughs> Monday night, 
WCW Monday Night Ho. <laughs> no, it's NW Ho. Shit, it is NW Ho. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. It's the, it's the NW Ho. Um, this is where Suzuki really struggles, I think. Yes. Like, Suzuki keeps trying to... Like, and I feel like they even try to give Suzuki, like, a role that maybe he can work with by giving him, you know, like an NW Ho Japan member. Yeah. Like, the, this is where Suzuki... Like, they try to bail Suzuki out by having him play Masama Hiro Shono. Yeah. But I feel like it's still... Suzuki still struggles with the language barrier to, like, you know, because Suzuki can't really focus on playing the character because he's too focused on trying to get the lines right. Masa... Masa Wiener... On Ho... We need to not do this. <laughs> oh, y- y- the thing—the thing that no one's ever told RuPaul. Yeah, basically. <laughs> there's just so many. There's so many terrible names that they could give the NWO Japan members, or just any of them. I'm I'm just thinking of all the dick puns that you can make about Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He's got Ho in his name. They'd probably just go for the laziest one. Sex Pac. (laughs) (laughs) The giant cock. It's a little too on the nose for RuPaul. True. Big Sexy. The giant down there. Big Sexy is already just a fucking... Drag race name. Yep. Oh god. So we're not doing this. We're not doing we're not, this. <laughs> we're not doing this. I don't want to. I don't want to think about fucking drag queen pun names for Scott Hall. NWO referee Dick Patrick. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to come up with like who would be the one that would be a tucking joke. Uh, Thought Hall. Fuck off! <laughs> there it is! Ugh. Tuck Bagwell. There we go. Thank you. I feel like we've put more thought into this, though, than the writers of Drag Race do. Yeah! Again! That's what we do on this show! <laughs> We're better at this than the Drag Race writers! <laughs> Again, Um, I just feel like, I feel like Keith Lee can't be anyone but Keith Lee. Yeah. Which NWO member does Keith Lee play? Oh, wait, no, he's the giant cock. Yeah. No, the giant down there. Yes, the giant down there. Okay. Um, I feel like maybe Ziggler shines in this yeah 
I think, yeah, I think Ziggler is good at playing a character and reading a script. Lord knows Ziggler's had a lot of fucking practice with that being in this company. Yeah. You know, like, I think, you know, I feel like, yeah, Ziggler, prob- Ziggler probably nails it. Um, you know, Samoa Joe probably does okay. Yeah. I feel like MJF is maybe a disappointment. Like sure, MJF, I see that. MJF plays head, please my assy. Fuck you. <laughs> and he gets like two. Like I feel like he. I feel like it's not enough to make him in the bottom, but I feel like he sort of loses the character because he's trying too much to scene steal. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Was that like MJF is just trying to like MJF is just trying to steal the scene in every single thing that they're in, and it just they get lost, like because they just lose the plot on everything. Yeah. You know. So I feel like yeah. Don't I feel like I also feel like Tyler Breeze is very competent in this. Yeah. Breeze is good at playing characters. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the top three would be, like, would be uh, Dolph, Breeze, Joe. Yep. With maybe Dolph taking it. Yeah. I feel like this is the kind of early challenge. Like, I feel like... I feel like Breeze doesn't get two wins and doesn't get two wins this season. No. And I feel like maybe this is the only challenge Dolph wins. Yes. Um, who's the bottom? Kiki, <sighs> Suzuki, and... Who else? Maybe Ricky Starks again? Maybe Mark Quinn? I feel yeah. like maybe... I feel like maybe Mark Quinn. Like... I feel like Mark Quinn... <clears throat> Yeah, I feel like maybe Mark Quinn's not bad enough to be bottom two, but he's bottom three because yeah. Mark Quinn just doesn't show personality. Exactly. And that's the thing that I always think about with their, you know, their the private party is really fun and exciting to watch. They're not great promos. And it's kind of like that, I think. Yeah. Or it's like, I feel like. I feel like Mark Quinn is going to struggle to really stand out. I feel like Mark Quinn is the one that's most going to just get like lost behind everybody else going on. And he's also and he's also playing Big Rod Man who um it's like that role needs personality. Yeah, and I feel like it's one of those things like I could like I could absolutely see it being a situation where it's like I I feel like Mark Quinn is the one that like MGF could be just like stepping all over. Yeah. And Mark Quinn just doesn't know how to handle it. It just falls apart under the pressure. Yeah. But so I feel like... Just... So they, and, like, they get mad at MJF for doing it, but it's also like, but Mark Quinn, you should have stood up for yourself more. Yep. But I feel like at the end of the day, like, Minoru Suzuki stands no chance of this because he just doesn't have the lines. Yeah. And, again, like, Keith Lee... Like, at least, like, with Mark Quinn, there's sort of a little pity thing of, like, well, MJF was stepping all over you. Yeah. Keith Lee has no one but himself to blame. Yeah. 
And yet, I still feel like Keith Lee is going to go further. Oh, yeah, no, I feel like absolutely Keith Lee, this is yet another lip sync that he fucking kills. I could see this being a good lip sync. Maybe not like an incredible lip sync, but a really good one. Yeah, it's just that Keith Lee is at this point more athletic than Suzuki, and Suzuki just can't do the big moves. Sync of strong style. Yeah. Fuck, I want to see a strong style lip sync now. Hell yeah, you do! And you know, look, this whole acting challenge as well, it was just really bad, especially when they got into, like, N.W. Hull Wolf sack. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) I mean, look, it's still better than, than N.W.O. West Hollywood. You know, again, I feel like Buff Bagwell is his own drag parody. <laughs> Buff Bagwell is the judge. Yeah, sure. Episode. And every time someone goes to Buff Bagwell, there's, he just talks about, well, back when I was doing uh, dancing for women only. Buff Bagwell makes a joke that he thinks is funny. Like, he makes a joke of like, I dance for women only, but I'd make an exception for women like you. And it's just like, he thinks he nailed it, but it just comes across as like, kind of wildly homophobic with the way he says it. But we also don't have the sympathy for him like we did Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Because it's fucking Buff Bagwell. (laughs) Live your life, Buff Bagwell. We, we later hear on Untucked that Buff Bagwell's mom called to yell at RuPaul like, You can't have it! Edit him to make him look bad! <laughs> I would watch Judy Bagwell on Drag Race. Oh, God. What's the next challenge? Uh, you know, is it early for the Snatch Game? Episode, yeah, I think we have too many people still for Snatch Game. Yeah, we need, we need eight people for Snatch Game. Yeah. I think. Um, I feel it's like gotta, you can do nine for Snatch, but I feel like, yeah, you're pushing it, doing it this early. It's gotta be an even number, I think. Rusical time? <laughs> no, Rusical is too early as well. I could, I could see this being Rusical, though. Yeah. Like, ten people, I think that's enough to have, like, you know... Like, I think that's enough to do, like, you know, like, Trump the Rusical had, like, how many fucking stupid parts in it? God. And, yeah, Farmer Rusical was the fucking second challenge that season. Yeah, I, I could see... I could absolutely see this being the the unauthorized Rusical. So, this is where I'm thinking Monday Night War is the Rusical. Yeah, okay. And... MJF... Or, hold on a second. TNA, the unauthorized Rusical. Or can we not do that because that would just be Samojo playing himself? See, I was going to say, MJF fucking like... No, Sammy Guevara fucking nails it as Eric Bischoff. (laughs) Like, he has the perfect... Like, he has the perfect fucking level of smarminess. But the but you know this is where further drama between MJF and uh, between MJF and Sammy comes in because they both want they both want Eric Bischoff. Who is Keith Lee gonna play? Paul Heyman. <laughs> 
Sure. Okay. And he's surprisingly good at it. Yeah, that's th- that is definitely my thought with this. Is that like this is where like Keith Lee's not going to be. I don't think Keith Lee is in like the top or like obviously I think Keith Lee's going to be like safe. But like I feel like Keith Lee comes out of this like impressing a lot of people. I feel like that. Yeah, like this is the challenge where like people look at Keith Lee and think, "Oh, actually, you're getting a lot better." Yeah. You know, I think that this challenge is a toss-up between Sammy and MJF. Oh, for sure. Like, who does M- MJF plays Vince? Yes. Like, they both wind up getting the two leads in it. Um, and I actually... I think that MJF has to win this. Like, this is legit or debonair. Yeah, Absolutely. This is the fucking New York Times best performance, man. Who bombs it in the Rusical, though? John Silver. I also feel like Ziggler bombs it. Yep. Yeah, like, you know... Yeah, like, John, John Silver plays Stone Cold, and it's shit. Um, Ziggler plays Triple H. Yep, and it's bad. Like, Ziggler spends too much time doing the overtly comedic, yes, uh, impression. Yeah, and I feel like Ziggler also just, like, Ziggler just leans, in, like, you know, tries to go with, well, I got the look, so I'm just there. Yeah. And who else is bottom three? I'm gonna say Breezes. Yeah. I'm gonna say that Breezes... Thinks of themselves as like a a great singer. Thinks of themselves as a total shoe in, and then just Bree- like Breeze is the jam. Yeah, exactly. Like Breeze takes Breeze takes like probably the most complex. Breeze plays Sable. Ooh. And like it's a really meaty part, and it's just like Breeze can't do it. Yeah. And Breeze also probably botches the reveal with the hand bikini. <laughs> but I think Bree and I, yeah, I think like Dolph Ziggler, they at least give the credit for, well, you nailed the look. Yeah. And that keeps him out of the bottom. I agree with that. And I feel like this is where John Silver's road comes to an end. I agree with that too. Because he just can't, he just can't compete with Breeze in the lip sync. Uh, Dolph. No, Dolph Ziggler's safe. Because Dolph Ziggler carries himself on the look. Oh, right, duh, 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 sorry, sorry. Yeah, Breeze is the jam. Yeah, Breeze is absolutely the jam. Um, one but, shot, Breeze, one- but Breeze also spends, like... All of Untuck crying backstage. Like, I, I just, I, I don't, I thought I did so well. I don't understand. Yeah. This should have been my challenge. All right, what were they, what were they usually, what's the last challenge before Snatch Game? Hmm. Is it some, is it another, like, sort of improv thing with Ross? Oh, yeah, I could see that. 
Yeah, this is improv, but with Ross now. Yeah, this is your bossy Rossy thing. Yeah. What is what is Ross's gimmick going to be this time? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if hey, if we're keeping it, if we're keeping it wrestling themed, Ross, Ross backstage. Doing, Ross is doing like a Mean Gene thing. Yeah, I was that's what I was about to say. Like, Ross is Ross is Renee on WWE backstage. Yes. Oh, so he also doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I feel like kind of it's the same as we were saying before with the improv, but now, you know, like, yeah, Keith Lee still can't improv. I think, here's what I think, actually. I think Keith Lee is still, Keith Lee maybe isn't great, but, like, I think that Keith Lee I feel like Keith Lee could have a rapport with with Ross. Fair. That like I feel like even if Keith Lee doesn't like really stand out or Keith Lee isn't like really as good as as like a bunch of the other people, like I feel like Keith Lee could get away with just like Ross just being like, "I just found you so funny and just so charming. I just yeah. want to talk to you more." Hmm. I feel like this continues all... I feel like this is where the Ziggler downward trend continues as well. Yeah. Like, Ziggler just doesn't play off Ross well. And I feel like maybe almost he just ignores a lot of the leads that, like, a lot... Like, he gets criticism for, like, I was feeding you bits. Yeah, I could absolutely see Ziggler being, like, not able to pick up on, like, the fact that Ross is trying to get him to go in certain directions and just, like, wants to do his own thing that he thinks is really funny. I feel like maybe that, I feel like maybe Mark Quinn falls in the same trap as well. Yep, and I was thinking, uh, my other thought for the bottom was, I feel like Ricky Starks just does not do okay, does well in this challenge. I feel like, yeah, I feel like... Ziggler, Ricky Starks, Mark Quinn is the bottom three. And I feel like Mark Quinn at least, like, makes them laugh enough. Yes, I think Mark Quinn is charming enough that he's he's able to skate by, and I think it's, yeah, I was totally going to say that I think the bottom two is, is Ricky Starks and Dolph Ziggler. But again, I feel like, hmm... I feel like maybe all Ziggler might almost be the, the real lip-sync assassin of this season. Yeah, I think so, actually. Because, yeah, Ricky Starks does not, just doesn't do anything. And and also, I think if... I think, games- Ricky, I think it's one of those things where it's like, Ricky Starks is, like, really technically competent and really, like, can do, like, really skillful, but doesn't have the charisma. Yeah. Can't make you, he, Ricky Starks can't make you want to look at them do a, a lip sync in the way that Dolph can. So yeah, I think Ricky Starks goes home. But who yep. wins? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, Sammy. I feel like top three is probably again Sammy Tyler and MJF. Maybe Joey Janela has like a surprisingly strong output as well. 
I think Joey could be really funny. I think like I think Samoa Joe could could do this really well. Yeah, I could actually. Also, yeah, I could also I, see Joe maybe being like too big. I feel like maybe the problem with Sammy is that it kind of becomes starts to become clear that Sammy can only play Sammy. Yeah. Um, or maybe, or maybe not in the same way as Keith Lee, but like Sammy has like a couple notes that Sammy hits. Sammy always does the smug thing. Yeah, I, I definitely see Sammy getting the "You're great. We need to see more of you. You need to open yourself up more." Yes. Whereas I feel like Keith, the difference with Keith Lee is very much like. No, Keith Lee is, is is open. Like, we're seeing everything from Keith Lee. It's just there's not that much to Keith Lee. Keith Lee almost... I feel like Keith Lee almost is an Aiden Zane type. Yeah. Of, well, hey, you know, you're doing it. Just, you know, doing it well enough. Yeah, I could see it. But, yeah, I feel like... Maybe Breeze takes this. Because Breeze just fully fucking commits to a character. And he takes every he takes every line that they have. Yeah, okay. Like he is the You know, like again, he is the This is the point in the season where it's like, huh, maybe Breeze isn't just a looks queen. Yeah, okay. I mean, and as we know, he is very gorgeous. Yes. Like, he just absolutely fucking nails everything that Ross wants. I could see it. We're down to eight queens. It's Snatch Game time. Snatch Game. Let's do it! So... Without kind of guessing which character specifically they would play, like, I wonder, like, which kind of archetypes do you think they'd fall into? I feel like... Remember when that one queen played Maya Angelou and it was terrible? Yeah. To the point that, like, everybody was freaked out when, like, Monet Exchange was going to do it again, and then she fucking nailed it and it was great? Yeah. I feel like Keith Lee is going to do something like the first person that played Maya Angelou and then and have like the moment where when RuPaul asks her or, hey, do you know why the cage bird sings? She just goes, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, you're bang on right. And it makes me sad. I feel like this is another challenge where Dolph Ziggler is just going to fucking kill. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like Dolph Ziggler also does the weird old reference that only RuPaul gets, but yes. RuPaul very much appreciates it and sort of that does have the work for it. Yeah, exactly. RuPaul gets it and Dolph is doing it so well that RuPaul's like I don't fucking care that this only plays to me. This is the best thing ever. And I feel like... I feel like Sammy Guevara runs into the problem of... 
you know, like doing Poppy and does a great impression of someone that RuPaul has never fucking heard of. Yeah. And I feel like Sammy also runs into the, oh, you're doing another smug character. Yep. Like Sammy does some like TikTok person. Yep. Um, Tyler goes for the, I'm going to do an old Hollywood icon. Yep. Or no, actually, wait. Tyler does the most obvious Tyler Breeze thing and plays a fucking supermodel. Like, Tyler plays, like, Cheryl Crawford. There we go. MJF does, I'm gonna do old Broadway legend Bernadette Peters style. Yes. MJF MJF is just basically being an an old Jewish woman from the Upper East Side. Yeah. And it's like, yet another, and like, RuPaul absolutely is like, yeah, I get this reference. Only I get this reference, but I fucking love it. I feel like MJF runs into the problem of does the per- the reference perfectly, but it's also, yeah, but we've seen you do this kind of thing before. Yeah. I also, maybe now that I'm thinking about it, it's does the, you know, focus so much on making the impersonation good that it's actually just not funny. Yeah, I could see it. Joey Janela does... What kind of characters Joey Janela do? Jersey Shore. Yeah, true. Joey Janela's Snooky. Yeah, Joey Janela is a million percent Snookier Jay Wow. Yeah. What does Samoa Joe do? Hmm. Big Frida. Yes. Fuck. Wait. Can he do Big Frida? I mean... (laughs) RuPaul's not gonna tell you... Never gonna tell you not to do blackface as we saw with fucking Crystal Method. Hey, RuPaul only wants you to do blackface if you have the same hairstyle. (laughs) God, I still... I forgot about the fucking... You should play Elda Parch. Shit. Uh, Who is Mark Quinn? I feel like Mark Quinn's maybe almost kind of the wild card. And like, you know, like Mark Quinn does like, you like does someone that you wouldn't expect right away. But then it's like, wait, no, this fucking totally checks out. I could see Mark Quinn being someone like a real housewife or a, or a basketball wife. I was, oh yeah, basketball wife would actually, yeah, that would work. See, I was going to say like, <clears throat> I was going to say like, maybe Mark Quinn does, you know, maybe Mark Quinn does like the, the surprise out of nowhere, like little Richard shit. Oh, Maybe. You know, like, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect them to have, you wouldn't expect them to pull this out because, like, RuPaul is telling them, no, you should play this basketball wife. And Mark Quinn's just like, no, I've got it. Yeah, I could see it. I feel like maybe Samoa Joe, or, hear me out. Mark Quinn bombs it and does Beyonce. Oh no! I feel like Mark Quinn might 
absolutely maybe be someone that would totally do Beyonce. Oh, no. I yeah. hate to say it. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I'm fully changing my vote to that. Mark Quinn does Beyonce, and Mark Quinn fucking bombs it. So I think our top here is clearly Dolph. Yeah. Like, I think people don't expect Dolph to win, but Dolph just, again, like, knows who he's playing to. Yeah. Who else do we think does strong in this? Um, I feel like Tyler Breeze does strong in this, and I feel like Joey Janela does strong in this. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Sammy Sammy and MJF are safe for, like, you know, the reason that we discussed. Sammy is just playing the same character. MJF is just... Well, Sammy's problem is also, like, he's doing, he's, like, doing something smug, but also RuPaul just doesn't get it. Yeah. And even though, like, maybe the guest judge is like, no, I know exactly who this is and it's really funny, at the end of the day, it's RuPaul's opinion that matters. Yeah. And, yeah... I feel like Dolph's... I mean, yeah, yeah, Dolph, Tyler, and Joey are your tops. Keith Lee, Mark Quinn, and Samoa Joe, the guy who we can't even think of what character he would do. I think Samoa Joe would do well in this. Like, I feel like Samoa... Like I said, Samoa Joe is going to be, like, a big personality and just, like... Well, hear me well. out, then. Mm-hmm. Sammy's not safe. Sammy's bottom three, but not bottom two. Yeah, okay. That works. Yeah, like, you know, maybe Samoa, like, yeah, Samoa Joe is a big personality, and it... Samoa Joe's the kind of guy that plays another drag queen. Mm. And, like, it's good, but also... Well, you're really, you know, you're really working an uphill battle. Yeah, fair. And I think this is where Keith Lee goes. Yeah, I feel like Keith Lee is out of impressive moves to show. What's after the Snatch Game, usually? I don't know. Another another fashion challenge? Like, another runway challenge? Yeah, I could see this maybe being, like, three different outfits. I feel like it's almost maybe too late to do another ball. Eh. Or actually, no, it isn't too late to do, a, to do another ball. This is... It's our drag race. We can do whatever the fuck we want, dog. No, it... <laughs> No, you're right. Like I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, actually, wait, no, they they usually do have two two runway challenges. And I feel like maybe this is where you know. Yeah, no, right. The first one's the fashion challenge, and this is the runway. Ch- like this is the ball ball. Yeah. You this know. is where you, this is where you got to make your eleganza. Yeah. Not to be confused with the ball ball where Aiden Zane just glued a bunch of cotton balls to a corset. Really smart. Ooh, we forgot to discuss. Who would be the most likely to just wear a corset? 
Sammy. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Sammy. <sighs> Actually, no. It's Kona and we never get to see it. Oh, well, Kona's in the first challenge. But yeah, you're right. Kona Reeves would just would just wear a corset and Michelle Visage would get really pissed off. He'd be like, no, see, I put I put fur on it because I'm the finest. God damn it, you're right. And he's wearing those fucking sunglasses. <laughs> he sure is. Uh I feel like Mark Quinn has maybe gotten better at sewing now. Yes. But Sammy Guevara absolutely has not gotten better at sewing. No. And, yeah, Sammy Guevara also would probably just wear a corset. (laughs) Yeah, I can see it. I'm going to say, in terms of drama as well, Sammy and MJF have to lip sync against each other. Because they've they've been, like, bickering the entire season. And now it's like, well, you two both didn't have a great runway looks. Yeah, I think that, I definitely think MJF is not going to do great in this segment. I think they're, yeah. again, they're just going to be like, your looks are simple, they're they're kind of lazy. Yeah, and, you know, it's like, like, you know, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like, you know, Joey Janela's looks aren't, like, the best either, but also Joey Janela just goes so fucking out there with them. Yeah, Joey is unpolished, but, like, but interesting. Exactly, ambitious and interesting. Same with, you know, Mark Quinn, I feel like Mark Quinn maybe makes the top? Yeah, I think that, exactly. I think that Mark Quinn is similar to Joey Janela, but better. Yeah. I feel like Samoa Joe maybe is bottom three, but not bottom two. Yeah, I think... I, I, I definitely feel like Joe, like, just doesn't have great, not, like, I feel like it's Joe can sew, but, like, they don't have great fashion mindset. Yeah. They They try to do too much, and it doesn't work, and it just ends up being too busy and not working for for, uh, their body type. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that totally checks out. Especially considering now that Keith Lee's gone, Joe is the other big queen. Yeah. And, like, Joe's big personality doesn't help him here. Yeah. But, again, I feel like... I feel like this is the case where... Joe theoretically should be bottom two, but the drama says that we need to have the Sammy MJF sing. Yeah, I completely... Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that absolutely how this goes is it is a million percent going to be. Yeah, no, it should be Samoa Joe in the bottom, but no, they want to have MJF Sammy Guevara happen. I feel like maybe Mark Quinn wins this. Yeah. I feel like Tyler Breeze, they sort of look at and it's like, well, you didn't get better since the beginning. We know you're good, but, you know, everybody else has really risen up above you. 
Yeah. Mark, whereas, like, Breeze, like, plateaued early. Yeah. Well, cause, did- and again, like, no, you know, Breeze won the first runway challenge. Yeah, I, I think is one thing, like, I definitely think it's, like, Breeze, I feel like Breeze is one of those people that, like, gets to the final four without winning a lot of challenges. Like, yeah. they won they won early, they did well early, and then they kind of just coast into the finish. Hey, at least unlike, you know, the last person that happened to, at least Breeze hasn't sexually assaulted anyone. Uh, <laughs> oh, god damn it. I really thought the Sherry Pie would have won more shit given how much they were, like, given, given how much of a big deal she was at the start. You'd think, and yet. Uh, so yeah, I think Mark Quinn takes this just because, like, Mark Quinn's sewing has gotten really good, and he has very ambitious looks that they like, and probably has a really fucking good reveal. Yeah, I think I can see that. I think Breeze does well. I think Ziggler. I think Joey does like people really like uh, Joey stuff, even if it's very unpolished. I think Ziggler does fine. Yeah. I feel like Ziggler is just good but unimpressive. So Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and I feel like MJF fucking destroys Sammy in a single. Oh, MJF just murders him. Like, I can see it being real good, but no, MJF just fucking just takes him out back and shoots him in the fucking head. All right, two challenges left before the finale. Three, I believe. Finale's top four. There's six people left. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Sorry, sorry. Um, Make over? Hmm. Do we want to skip the makeover because they don't want to eliminate people? True. Um, or do we want to make it? I'm wondering because I feel like there's, I feel like there has to be another, there has to be another singing challenge. Like there has to be like, Ed, there has to be a, we let you write your own lyrics and song. Yes. This is. So that you can, so that you can do your shit with Todd Call. Yeah. Yeah. Then this is the, this is like then the actual singing challenge, not the acting challenge. Not like the lip singing challenge. Yeah, and then and this and hey, you get uh, two more two groups of three. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you know, I what kind of what kind of um, what dumb what dumb mini challenge do they have? Hmm. I feel like maybe this is one of like the stupid athletic ones of like you have to get the most balls in your mouth. That or something like. One of the weird things, like, you know, uh, I was thinking either, like, one of the, the, the weird things, like the, the RuPaul pretending to slap you, or oh, yeah, or something problematic that they have to cut out of future showings. Oh. You know the one I mean. I know the one you mean. I've never seen that challenge because it's cut out. I watched it when it happened. Oh, boy. I mean, hey, I'll I'll say it, and you know, it's 2014 at the time. I didn't understand why that would be problematic. Fair enough. 
Um... Now I completely... Wa- now I look back and go, Oh, Jesus Christ, fuck, God, no, that's bad. But hey, I'd like to think that we were all collectively 26. Oh wait, no, I fucking know what what this mini-challenge would be. Reading is fundamental. Oh, the library open again? I guess, yeah, they do it before the Snatch They traditionally have to do it before the Snatch game, I guess. I mean, they? I feel like a lot of times now, like, they that's just the first mini-challenge. I feel like that's only the first mini-challenge on All-Stars when these queens already know each other. Yeah, probably you're right. Like, on the regular one, it's usually in the middle because they need to, you know, they need to actually have drama. Yeah. But hey, we haven't, we haven't done it, so yeah, let's say library's open, baby. Or is it puppets? No, because you need Bray there for that one. <laughs> Bray is the fucking Brock ally of this season. <laughs> Like, Bray does some weird-ass thing that was... Like, Bray does some weird-ass thing in one of the first challenges. And the just, fiend. It's just the fiend. Yeah. It's the sheened. Thank you very much. I mean, and Bray went down in the elimination... Or in the, the improv challenge, so it would make sense. Yeah, the sheened is there to introduce the puppets. this i hate this so much <laughs> which means it's exactly what would happen Dolph Ziggler is surprisingly good at reading oh yeah and also i want to say Samoa Joe surprisingly good at reading i don't think that's surprising at all i think Samoa Joe is the clear winner of this and like mjf is actually disappointing because mjf doesn't uh mjf doesn't read so much as mjf just like insults yeah, I think MJF goes for like the easy, the easy barbs. He goes for the easy ones, but he also doesn't have the tact to make them funny, and just yeah. winds up like just being insulting. Yeah, he just ends up being mean because yeah. it's MJF. He can't help himself. Um, I can see Joey Janela being good at this. Yeah, I feel like Joey Janela is kind of coasting to the top four, maybe. Breeze, I think, runs into similar problems of MJF, of his his bits are just calling people uggos. Yeah. I feel like, again, Mark Quinn's maybe just still a little nervous. Yeah. Like, Mark Quinn just wants, Mark Quinn just doesn't feel right insulting these people. No, Mark Quinn is definitely the queen this season that's like, that just reads themselves. Yeah. Because I I can't you can't read someone if you can't read someone else if you're not going to be able to read yourself first. Can I get an amen? Amen. No, we can't do that bit now. Oh. So wait, we have to wait for we have to finish this and then we can do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Yeah, actually, maybe maybe it's Samoa Joe and Joey Janela that have, like, surprise... Like, Joey Janela comes out of nowhere, but is... But again, like, he's just so willing to commit to whatever he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think those are two good captains. Yeah. MJF gets picked first for a singing challenge, I think. Or no... 
does that or has MJF pissed off so many people that no one wants to work with him? Like, you know, is he very much in the case of, yeah, MJF is absolutely the most talented person, but fuck working with that guy. I think MJF, like, because there's four people that are going to get picked. I think MJF is the person that's picked third for that reason of like, yeah, I don't want to work with, I don't want to work with him, but if it's between MJF and Mark Quinn, I feel like I'm going to get a better performance out of MJF than Mark Quinn. True. Samoa Joe, I want to say Samoa Joe pick Ziggler. Yeah, I think it's. I think the teams are going to be Samoa Joe, Ziggler, MJF. Yeah, Samoa Joe, Ziggler, MJF, and then Breeze, Marquen, uh, Janela. Yeah, and I think Joey picks Breeze first. Yes. Yeah, I, um, I do th- definitely think it goes. Uh, Breeze. Well, mm. whatever. I feel like Mark Quinn just hasn't shown in that. Like Mark Quinn's shown that he's really good with looks. Yeah, I was trying to say. I think Samojo picks first. He picks. He picks Ziggler. Uh, then, then yeah, Janela picks. Uh, picks Breeze. Uh, Joe picks MJF, and then yeah. Uh, Janelle just gets Mark Quinn. Yeah. And I feel like maybe, surprisingly, Janelle's team is better. I agree. Like, MJF is kind of the ringer there, but MJF is too involved with this petty drama, and also MJF's like, I am the best singer here. Yeah, MJF just makes everything difficult, and nobody wants to work with him as a result. And it just throws everything off. So, yeah, MJF is able to... I, I can also see it's like MJF is able to carry it based on his, like, technical skills. But, like, again, he runs into the problems of, but his lyrics aren't funny. Yeah. Like, it's I, not... We, it's, I feel like MJF is the one, definitely, where his lyrics are like, I don't feel like we're seeing the real you. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like... I wonder who, if that's the, if the bottom three though is, if the bottom three is Joe Ziggler MJF, then who's the bottom two in that? I think Joe's got to be the bottom because Joe is the captain. Yeah, and he couldn't control MJF. Exactly. And I think that's where a lot of the problems are going to be is just, yeah, like Joe was not willing to step in and really control MJF. Does and MJF, if, does the fact that MJF has a good singing voice carry it? Like I think just, so. I yeah. think it, I think it's going to be Joe and Ziggler. Yeah. This is a tough lip sync. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, Joe's never lip sync, so he's kind of an X Factor here. And I feel like Joe just goes so fucking big. Like, they both go so big with this as well. Yeah. And I feel like just... Yeah, like, I don't know. Let's get back to that. I think Tyler Breeze wins this challenge. Okay. Like, I think surprisingly Tyler Breeze has turned... Like, Tyler Breeze has won the most challenges of anybody. Surprisingly. He's gorgeous. 
Yeah, but like he is the stealth. Like he is the. Actually, does Breeze win? Or does Joey Janela win? I could see. I could see it being Joey as like Joey being just maybe not not having the technical chops, but like that Breeze has. But, like, being able to wrangle this team together and get, like, three really good performances out of everybody is enough to put him over the top. I'm happy making Joey win for that reason. Yeah. I could absolutely see Breeze being like, well, I should have won that. Yeah. Well, I think Breeze as well is maybe starting to get a bit cocky because he's got, you know, he's one of the only two people with two challenge wins now. Yep. Maybe this is where... Ziggler goes home just because they're getting, you know, it's like Dolph is doing the same thing he's done in his last lip sync. Potentially? How many lip syncs has Dolph been in? Is this his second or third? I think it's his... I think it's his second. Hmm. I don't think anybody's done... I, I think Keith Lee's the only one that did three lip syncs. Yeah. I just... I just feel like Dolph Ziggler's gonna be a better lip sync than Samoa Joe, is my worry. Is or is my thing here? Yeah. And also, like, Joe hasn't has Joe won anything? No, you're right. Joe hasn't won anything. Dolph has won two challenges. Yeah, like Dolph is. Yeah, it's like Dolph has been in the in the bottom, but he's also been in the top. Yeah. Whereas Joe is just kind of. I don't even to... think Joe's been in the top. No, Joe has just been. Yeah, like Joe has just been safe every single time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Joe goes home. Me too. This is a good week if you have a Y at the end of your Joe. A bad week if you don't. You hate to see it, folks. Last challenge before the finale. Some kind of live musical number? Yeah, or it's like... Do they still... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be like the fucking pro, you know. I feel like maybe they might make it a regular thing of promoting their fucking Vegas show now. Oh, yeah. Like, I yeah, I think it's either going to be like, it's basically, yeah, it's basically going to be the, the thing where it's them all doing a RuPaul song. Yeah. It's them doing, it's like, this is the new, this is the new RuPaul single for this season. Yeah, and again, like, it ties into our Las Vegas. Go watch RuPaul's Drag Race live. But, and the, and this is also where they're going to be. But I could also see this being, like, you know, the, well, they're also going to do, like, the, the we're going to interview you for our podcast. Oh, fuck right, that challenge. It's the, ne- let's just call it the nepotism challenge. Yeah, basically, the why do you deserve to be the drag superstar? We're going to talk to you in this podcast, and then we'll, and then I guess, you know, I could see them also just doing like a everybody lip sync or, or like, you know, just a one runway, and then, I don't know, two people lip sync for some reason. So I'm thinking mjf is very funny on the podcast like this like this is like well the first time in a while he's really charming yes mark quinn has the most inspirational story yes 
so I think they're safe. Ziggler maybe comes just across a little arrogant. Yeah. And I feel like maybe it's Ziggler Breeze in the in the bottom. Like Joey is of Joey's like an okay interview. Yeah. I could see it being like, yeah, like Joey's not like Joey's not the best, but like there is a similar to Mark Quinn, like we love how far you've come. Yeah. Yeah, whereas again, like I think Tyler Breeze and Dolph Ziggler are mostly just like they're the two that have just won they both won two challenges and they're just a little arrogant. Yeah. And Dolph Ziggler almost comes across a little like, you know, I've been, like, he tries to have the inspirational story of this should have been my time. Yeah, like Dolph Ziggler, yeah, it's very much like, I think that's exactly it, is Dolph Ziggler is very, like, trying to play into, like, the, yeah, it should have been me, it should have been all this stuff, like, you know, very, like, trying to come off inspirational, like, if you keep at it, you can get it, but it all, it's all just comes across like, yeah, you're really full of yourself and think you just deserve this for so long. Yeah. And again, I feel like this is Ziggler's third time in the bottom now. I th- yeah, I think this is row. where I think this is where Ziggler goes. Yeah. I think yeah, like I think Mark Quinn wins this for having just the most inspirational story. Mm-hmm. Bringing him up to two challenges now as well. Almost two fucking back-to-back challenges. Yeah. Alright. So, before we get into the final four that we have here, there is one question that we do need to answer. Yeah. Who's Miss Congeniality? Hmm. I feel like everybody liked Keith. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Was like everybody likes Keith Lee. You know, he's not you know, he didn't he was never great, but you know, he was just such, he never had drama with anybody. He was just nice and likable. Exactly. He's sweet, he's entertaining, he's fun to watch even if he's not the best. Yeah. Whereas I think that like the only other person I was thinking could potentially be miscongeniality is John Silver, and I think their personality is just too big for that. I was going to say, yeah, like, you know, depend. yeah. I don't know, I just think, whenever I think about, like, your, like, I just think whenever I think about, like, miscongeniality, it's, it's always people that have, like, a, a smaller, more reserved personality. It's people like Ben de la Creme. It's, uh... It's fucking, your anginas. Yeah, it's your yeah exactly. It's your Angina. It's your Ben de la Creme. It's your Monet Exchange. I say this as I realize. Wait, Angina never won Miss C. Oh, well, whatever. She feels like a Miss C, though. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I feel good about that. Congratulations to Miss Congeniality, Keithley. Alright, our final four, Tyler Breeze, Mark Quinn, Joey Janela, and MJF. Hmm. 
So, what are the pairings for the lip syncs? Because I know they say they're random. They're not fucking random. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be Janela Quen, Breeze MJF. Yeah. And I, and I think they're going to do that because I think they're going to just do the, do the eliminate Joey Janela and then, oh, it's a tie. I guess we're going to have to do a three, a three person lip sync. God, you're right. Well, goodbye, Joey Janela. Yeah. Joey Janela, so, you shouldn't have tried to put those those butterflies in your in your outfit. <laughs> uh, they're in the sunglasses this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then what what um, what three person song do they give them to lip sync to? Waterfalls. Shit. Yeah. Just gonna ignore all the implications of that song. Like everybody else does. Yeah, exactly. AIDS, what's that? Yeah, and Tyler Breeze is gonna have a confusing water prop. Also, Tyler Breeze's water prop is going to be his downfall because he fucking slips on the water. Yes. And he tries to sell it. He tries to sell it and, like, turn it around, but everybody knows. So here's the question. Do they give it to the inspirational Mark Quinn story or the clearly objectively better queen MJF who's arrogant? I think they give it to the objectively better queen who's white. No. Yeah. This is drag race after all. I hate that you're right. I hate that I'm right too. That's the whole point of this podcast is that we hate that we're right, but we are right. Well, congratulations to MJF, both the wrestler of the year and America's next drag superstar. Look, it's just like with Drake Maverick. I didn't expect Mark Quinn to be in the finals, but I'm fucking stoked that he is. Yeah. And MJF kind of, yeah, he won, he only won one challenge, but he was always in the top. Yeah. And it's fucking MJF. Yeah. Again, am I, am I allowed to say he's the rest of the year? Is that a spoiler? You are allowed to say it. That that episode will have been out for two days when when people are hearing this. Cool. Look, I never know on nine sixteen p.m. on December twenty first, two thousand twenty, when we're recording this. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I'm Owen and I not Owen, and I find this bit funny. Yeah, no one's not going to listen to this episode. He sure isn't. 
I mean, I feel like can we get our numbers? Is anybody listening to this? I don't know. Maybe Rhythm Bastard will repost it and not listen to it like in the last two. <laughs> Fair. Y'all, we did it. We booked another season of Drag Race. I feel like this season was way harder to book than the last time. It was way harder than the last time. But I think that, you know, the fact that it was even harder maybe made it even more rewarding. Oh, for sure. Again, like, yeah, I didn't expect Mark Quinn to make it to the final. Mark Quinn deserved to be in the final, though. And I gotta say, I sure am not looking forward to how season 13 is going to be nowhere near as good as this. I have confidence in... You know what? I feel like you know what you're going to get with Drag Race. True. But hey, you also know what you're going to get with ProWrestling.cool, and that's like 13 more fucking drag of episodes of this fucking stupid podcast. At least. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But yeah, like, I'm, I'm, you know, hey, I'm looking forward to this season. Hell yeah. I mean, look, it's, you know, it's like we said, it's a fucking trash show run by a problematic asshole, but it's our trash show run by a problematic asshole. And again, we're a website that covers wrestling content. That is the most wrestling. Yeah. It's trash. It's problematic. It's us. Prowrestling.cool. If you can't if you can't love RuPaul, how the how how the hell are you gonna love yourself? I, very easily, especially if you're <laughs> especially if you're trans. Oh, because fuck RuPaul in that regard. Yep. But hey, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this when we see you all in like ten days for Ruthless Aggression Four. I still can't believe that Ruthless Aggression Four is going to be very soon. I feel like at this point, this is all. This is simultaneously Ruthless Aggression Episode 3, and also Ruthless Aggression, the weekly show, Episode 0. Sure, okay. But we'll figure out some numbering conventions or whatever when we cross that bridge. So, yeah, yeah get hyped for Season 13. Get hyped for more of us. Get hyped for this website. It's not just cool, it's not cool. It sure is. All right, I don't know. Any final thoughts before we go, Oscar? Yeah, again, like, it feels like it's a solid crop of queens from the stuff I've seen. Yeah. And, yeah, like, again, I feel like even at its worst, RuPaul's Drag Race has never, you know, has always been entertaining trash. It hopes brings eternal that it still will be. Yeah. Like only one way to find out though, and that's to get fucking wasted watching the show, as I will. Hell yeah. We're gonna have to We're gonna have to do I mean, I'm I feel like I'm gonna have to explain all the traditions for how to properly watch this show, like screaming screaming all the lyrics to cover girl and then taking a shot. Again, like... And then watching uh, Untucked and taking a shot whenever someone cries. The thing I am most sad about when when fucking Blood and Guts didn't happen is that 
Shit, that means I didn't get to go to New York and watch Drag Race with John's friends. I know. You know, that would have been pretty cool. It would have been. But hey, well, we'll just have to do something on Discord or some shit. Yeah. But while we're figuring that out, we're we're going to go away for like 10 days. And we'll be back when this show is fucking started. And we have actual new RuPaul's Drag Race to talk about. And it's not the All-Star show, so it means that it's not following a dumbass format. Yeah! Oh, actually, one more thing before we go. Um... I don't know if y'all know about this, but uh, the 22nd uh, annual Glam Awards is, is happening. Oh, it's it's a uh, it's New York Drag Awards. Mm. And uh, the group that I like, the Nobodies, uh, their podcast, Nobody Saying Hello, is up for best podcast. Mm. So yeah, you should go to the Glam Awards website. I think it's the Glam it's GlamAwards.com or something like that. Um, basically. All you need to know is voting is open to the public for the first time ever, so anybody can vote. Go vote for nobody saying hello. Do it, coward. Um, and also they will be uh, streaming the. They're going to be streaming the event live. Uh, it's ten bucks. Uh, January eleventh, I want to say. Sure. So yeah, they're they're doing some bunch of they're giving a bunch of awards to people. Uh, doing oh, hey, some and performances it's, and, and it's, stuff. And it's, and it's hosted by Tina Burner. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, there you go. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of cross-promotion there. So, yeah, check out the 22nd Annual Glam Awards. And vote for the Nobodies. Motherfuckers. And until the next time that we see y'all in, like, ten days or so, Oscar, if you can't love yourself... How in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. All right, let the music play. Iranian, 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 Iran number one. Iranian, 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 intelligent Jew. This podcast is brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 